Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you thought uh, on the future of TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album win album of the year? Will Biden's approval rating go up? Will it go down? Or inflation? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. You're smart. You know things. Bet on it. $20 bonus if you go to Kalshi.com slash stereo. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. Kalshi.com slash stereo. Get in the game. There is no guarantee of performance. An investor could lose their entire investment. Investment fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right, brand new I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast is coming up next, okay? And this is this is going to be magical, okay? First up, Muggsy Bogues, the Muggsy Bogues, NBA icon, who is not in the NBA Hall of Fame but should be in the NBA Hall of Fame. Yo, I love Muggsy Bogues so much. I, I, I'm just such a huge fan of his. Um, so it's a thrill to have him on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. And the first question I'm going to ask him is, are, are you fucking nuts? Okay, because to be five foot three, not five foot four, not five foot five, to be five foot three and to even have the audacity to think that you could play in the NBA, in my opinion, is fascinating. Fuck Tony Robbins. Okay, who wants to hear from Tony Robbins? He's six foot nine. Okay, I want to hear from Muggsy Bogues. He should be doing TED Talks and inspirational speaking across the globe. Muggsy Bogues will be rocking me on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Plus, Dean Collins, okay, the young shooter. Can a shooter shoot? He's sharing some wacky, whacked out, space light, sexual escapades on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. This is going to be fantastic. Plus, from Rough and Rowdy 2, my guy Sean Latham. 
Okay, Sean Latham is going to be fighting Friday night, February 16th. Barstool is having rough and rowdy too. And if you listen to the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast, and if you listen to the Fantasy Football Follies, you've heard us talk about Schmitty, Barstool Schmitty, the guy who steals fantasy football lineups. I call him Handjob Smitty. Well, Sean Latham is fighting him Friday night, pay-per-view, on Rough and Rowdy 2, okay? And I am looking forward to Sean Latham kicking his fucking ass. So I'm going to talk to Sean Latham, better known as a $20 chef. It's an exclusive. He's the headliner. Friday night, Rough and Rowdy, Sean Latham. But first, me and the young shooter are going to do our thing. Then we have the great Muggsy Bogues. Then we got my man, Sean Latham, on the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. Miles Jordan, let me get something funky and fantastic. They remade a classic. The movie Death Wish is coming to theaters March 2nd, starring Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis is back, and this movie looks badass. It has to be seen on the big screen for all its action sequences. The film asked the question, how far, how far would, you, would you go to protect your how family? How far would you go to protect your family? It's starring Bruce Willis, Elizabeth Shue, Vincent D'Onofrio, Dean Norris, Mike Epps, and Camilla Monroe. MGM Pictures presents director Eli Ross reimagining of the 1974 revenge thriller Death Wish. Dr. Paul Kersey is a surgeon who only sees the aftermath of his city's violence and is rushed to the ER until his wife, played by Elizabeth Shue, who I've worked with, and college-aged daughter are viciously attacked in their suburban home. While police are overloaded with their crimes, Paul, burning for revenge, hunts down his family's assassins. I'm going to tell you like this. I already saw this film. I saw the original with Charlie Bronson. I saw the remake with Bruce Willis, directed by Eli Roth. This fucking movie is dope. You haven't stopped talking about this movie. I love this movie. I saw a special screening. It opens in theaters for everybody to see March 2nd. Bruce Willis is back, and he is kicking ass in Death Wish, coming to theaters from MGM Pictures March 2nd. All right. Came, we saw, we conquered. Have no fear. The I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast is here. G. Moody, whose last name rhymes with duty, could not make this episode. He will be back on Friday for the next episode of the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast, where we will be doing a full review of Lonzo Ball's first CD. He's putting his CD out there, and we will be doing a full review of that CD. I can't wait. The people can't wait. It's All-Star Weekend, okay? It's All-Star Weekend, so we got so much basketball, so much this, so much that. But Friday's episode, the feature, I'm just telling you right now, the feature is a full top-to-bottom review. Lonzo Ball's first-ever CD that he's putting out in the middle of his rookie season, which has been sort of underwhelming. I don't get it, but I can't wait to hear it. All right, Dean Collins, special guest on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. This is a guy who has joined us many, 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 many times. New listeners... Always come. They may not be familiar with you. Um, Dean Collins is... Who, who are you, Dean? Well, I just want to say, first of all, from the intro, I can't believe my name followed Muggsy Bogues. Followed it. That's, I, I, just having our names in the same sentence is, is an honor to but, me. But it was Muggsy Bogues first. Uh, of course. I'm not saying I should have been before it. Muggsy Bogues. I mean, you were Muggsy mentioned Bogues. in the same intro. That's why I'm saying I'm grateful that I could even be in the same sentence as, as the legend. I hear you because, I mean, Muggsy Bogues is... He's so one of a kind 
to play, I believe, 17 seasons. It's either 17 seasons or 13 seasons in the NBA. Yeah. Um, we don't fact check at the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. Um, at f- literally five foot three. That, that I mean, literally five foot three. Not insane. like oh, he's five seven. Let's just call him five foot three to sell tickets. Muggsy Bogues is five foot three. Matter of fact, I have like six inches on him. That's that's insane, crazy. And you can't. I can can't. you touch a net when you play basketball? Yeah, could, I, I mean, I could jump and touch the net. Okay, but but you know what, Miles? Special for the people. I would like you to play the chapter. The Audacity of Muggsy Bogues from my book. This book has balls. Sports rants from the MVP of Talking Trash. After the Muggsy Bogues interview, please play the audiobook chapter that I narrate on Muggsy Bogues. I mean, I'm, I'm hyped up to talk to him. And, and the fact of the matter is this. I want to just ask you, Dean, did you buy This Book Has Balls Sports Rants you know from the MVP I, of Talking Trash? You know that I bought the book. My, my book, you bought it? I promoted it. I promoted I the book. I know you promoted it. I bought the book. I went to Barnes & Noble. And not only did I buy the book, I made sure to take all the books around it off the shelf and plaster about 10 different copies of your book. So, you, you did do that? No, you know that I did that. And I went into different, a Chevalier bookstore. I went in there. I said, why don't you have This Book Has Balls? Uh, I'm an advocate of the book. I support it, and I have it. I appreciate that. Okay, listeners, if you haven't bought my book on either hardcover or audiobook, I, I don't know what the fuck you're listening to the podcast for. I'm going to be honest. It's Okay, this is free. Not everything is free. The book's cheap. Yeah. Okay, it's a soon-to-be New York Times bestseller. You could read the book, or you could listen to the audiobook. It's like seven hours of ranting, raving. I talk about Muggsy Bogues, talk about Dr. J. I talk about 23 reasons why LeBron James will never be like Mike. I talk about uh, meeting Muhammad Ali. Tiger I, I, Woods is personal favorite of t- mine. T- yes, Tiger Woods and what he needs to do to get his groove back and so much more. You can get the book. This book has balls. Sports rants from the MVP of Talking Trash at thisbookhasballs.com. Listen, you guys are very, very smart. You're a very, very smart, forward-thinking audience. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it at a bookstore. This book has balls. Sports rants from the MVP of Talking Trash. Or just simply go to thisbookhasballs.com. Dean. Is there a chapter of Sammy Sosa being white now? No. Because I'm just surprised. Like, he's not white. Not, he's not, fucking pink. I don't think he's pink. I think he's like, you know what like color albino he is? shit. He's the color of, like, you, you know when you put, like, saltine crackers in your mouth? And yeah. you chew them? And then, like, when you're a kid, you take him out and play with him. He's yeah. that color. He's, like, the color of death to me. He looks like he's, like, uh, like you, you know when, like, there's a corpse lying in, I mean, this is dark, but there's a corpse lying in the casket, and they kind of, they, uh, I forget what it is, that paints them up. They yeah. put the makeup on. Yeah. That's his face to me. You're no G. Moody, but that's the kind of shit while you're a great fill-in co-guest host. Thank you. He's the color of, I, I would say he's the color of death That's right great. Now. That's great. Uh, speaking of death. Speaking of death, um, I want to share, uh, uh, before we get into uh, uh, your stories of whether or not you've skeeted sure. or not skeeted, I am coming to the end of a five-day fast. And I'm very proud of you. I've, I've seen your progress. It's, it's absolutely crazy to me because you would shovel down about 10 cookies maybe four days ago. So now to see you just eat olives and soup, I mean, you have rabbit food basically for dinner, uh, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and it's... Uh, I told you I know of a great olive spot. I know you offered me. Oh, I'll take you to get some olives. I can only eat. I, I don't know the what eight else I can olives offer. that they give me in the bag. Okay, sorry. Okay, I can't just have as many olives as I want. Okay. I want to say this about about this fast. Sure. Okay. In the last episode, I explained why I'm doing it. Two things that I've learned, maybe three things that I've learned. Number one, 
I, you, we as people eat way more food than we need to. Yeah. I mean, it's not even, it's not even funny because I, my, my energy is great. I've worked out. I'm fine. Uh, uh, and I'm eating nothing. Like I am eating next to nothing. Like I'm eating bare minimum. I look great. I feel great. My skin is glowing. Okay. Now, the one thing that I don't understand is, is my irritability. Now, Dean can attest. Uh, G. Moody can attest. Yeah, Miles and Jordan nightmare. can attest. I some people would use that that word with me: irritability, yeah. um, abrasive, yeah. crass, moody, temperamental, all these sorts of things. But a good guy, douchey, yeah. But, but a good, a good guy, guy at the end of the day. But yeah. a good guy at the end. Uh, uh, but good guy at the top, and then the other things are good guy at the end. Yeah. Okay. Good. But but would you, would you say all those things, and then a good guy, or he's a good guy, but he can be. I would say all those things, and then let's talk about the rest of what we need to talk about. Mm, okay. And then so, we could go back to the whole good guy thing. But but I, the, the reason why I feel like I've been a little irritable the last 24 hours, 48 hours, 36 hours, actually the whole fucking fast is this. The socialization that we have with food <laughs> is crazy. Like for me, and I don't know what it's like for any, any other people out there listening, but when you... Meet a friend. Where do you meet? Let's go get a coffee. Let's go get a slice of pizza. Let's have lunch. Let's have dinner. Oh, forget friends. Let, I eat when I'm bored. Let's have a drink. I'm you just bored. bored. I go. I got to go up. I got to get in my car and go eat. Just, I'm yeah. not even hungry. I just got to eat. Or you go down to your fridge when you're feeling, you know, tired. A lot of times we, we eat when we're tired. The fact that I haven't been able to, yo, I, I'll tell Dean, yo, let's go get a cookie. Yo, yeah. let's go get some sushi. Or for me. I'll go sit in a coffee shop. I'll get my my uh, iced uh, vanilla, cha- iced vanilla ice. latte. I'll sit there. I'll play twiddle dick. I'll be on my phone. That's where I do some of my best tweeting. Yeah. I've gotten myself in so much trouble yes. tweeting from coffee shops. You might notice some of my best rants, if you look in the background, in coffee shops. I can't <laughs> go to the coffee shops now because I can't have my, my vanilla lattes because I'm on this fucking fast. And, and the socialization of eating, not being able to meet people for food, whether it's you, whether it's just one, my wife, anybody... It, that's the thing that's been the hardest. And I, and aside the fact that I'm not working uh, uh, right now on anything specific during this fast, that's been, I'd say, the hardest part of the fast because as far as food, I'm good. Yeah, I, and I would say the irritability factor comes in when, you know, like we're not meeting up for lunch, we're not meeting up for dinner. So when I get a phone call from you, I mean, it could be as simple as I say, what's up, Michael? And, and you're like, why are you talking to me like that all of a sudden? Yes. And, and then it's like this whole... Like you're you're really angry at the way that I answered the phone, and then like you just get you just get pissed. I, and I know that you said the last twenty four to forty eight hours, but I would say uh, for the better half of the year so far. No, um, that's not true. Uh, you think that I've been no. unusually irritable in the year of two thousand eighteen? There was a little bit of the twenty seventeen, and then it got really good, and then it's it got really good for twenty eighteen, and then it really dipped, and then it got good, and then it just got really shitty, like hardcore. Like, all right, well, I'm working on but all But that's of just it. something we could talk about with a therapist we don't need, later. Yeah, we don't have fucking, this isn't Dr. Phil. No, I Phil. know, I, I just because right. you brought it up, so. But, and the other thing that's been tough about this is when you're watching TV, whether you're watching a Real Housewives of Atlanta, yeah. where they're always in restaurants eating food, uh, whether you're watching a, a, a game, whether you're driving down the street, when I see commercials with any kind of food, it could be anything, it fucks with your head because you know you shouldn't eat it. And it's and, and the thing that caught me the most was I saw uh, a, a commercial, I believe it was for Haagen-Dazs. Mm. And uh, I, I got to be honest, that Haagen-Dazs commercial, see right now <laughs> we're like, as we're you see in, in the TV, there's, and there's shrimp fries. and french fries while we're podcasting. 
But that Hagen Daz commercial. That that how it, did that make you feel? It it sent me into a a, a spiral. It, what do you mean though? But you you you're it still fucked. fasting, right? I, it, it, I'm still fasting. And I have not cheated anybody. at all. all right. When you say the olives, now I'm gonna be honest. My wife, she's way tougher than me. She we have olives in this house. She's eating olives out of the jar, and 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 she won't admit it. And if she hears it, she's probably gonna be like mortified that I'm telling. She's eating olives out of the fucking jar. I haven't eaten any olives. Listen, out of can the I just jar. stop you there? How many of your listeners do you think can relate to any of the shit that you're talking about right now? They listen. What the fuck are you talking? Like in terms of like the fasting and people, the olives, like yo, you, it know, sounds you, like you'd be surprised because a lot of people, yeah. Uh, whether because when I've been, Dean, I'm just wondering, wondering how, how many think fucking, my fucking listeners are stuffing their faces with fucking cheeseburgers. I mean, honestly, yeah. No, like, they're I'm, not. When I've I've been Instagramming, Weezy, stop licking your paws. Stop it. My dog is licking his paws. Stop. Now he's taking it out on his. Give dog. yourself a rash. I mean, I'm hungry just talking about all this shit. I know, but but a lot of the, like, I'm surprised because I've been um, Instagram storing about it and tweeting about it, and I've gotten tons of responses. Really? Curious about it. They've tried it. A lot of people deal with, like, if you don't know me, you don't know that I deal with ulcerative colitis. I know you. You know me. But I'm saying but, if you uh, don't know me. Then I wouldn't know that. Dean, don't be fucking difficult. I said if you don't know me, obviously you know me. You're in my fucking house. <laughs> okay. Uh you, look, why I don't we do. just move? Look, why don't we just move on from the whole fasting thing? I'm not going to talk about the ice cream because I don't know what to talk about with you. I want to talk about the ice cream. What it did to me? Okay, talk about it. Okay, so I had a goddamn ice cream fantasy, and I swear to God, I literally was stuck in the parking lot. Yeah. Thinking about Haagen Dazs and the 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 process of eating pints of Haagen Dazs or Talenti or Seduto if I'm in New York, but but specifically Haagen Dazs and or Ben and Jerry's. The thrill yeah. that you get. You know I'm a big fan of Ben and Jerry's. The thrill that you get to go to a, a supermarket. Oh, I hear you. Impromptu, because I don't go to a supermarket and get ice cream and then hold it for a few days later. I oh, go no, to no, the, no, 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 no. I go to get it. It's usually after dark. I eat my ice cream after dark 99.9% of the time. Me too, after 12. And shout out to the old podcast that we did um, potting on the ice cream run. If you remember, we potted my man, at my man, Baskin my Robbins. man, you're going down a fucking uh, a rabbit hole, a jack hole. Really, no, I'm saying like we we love ice cream I that got, much. Yes, we did do that. An, we did okay. do a stay focused here. I mean, that is on topic, so I don't really know what you're talking about. But but for me, it would be usually be after seven, eight o'clock. Okay, it's either after sundown or when the sun is setting, and I don't do it that much. I don't do it as much as I want to. But I mean, you've had me come over and bring you like fucking cartons of ice cream, and you're like. Ashamed of myself. I'm ashamed of you. Like, I'm bringing it there. and I'm, I'm like, ashamed of myself. And I, but I'll stuff it down my face. But when I go to the store to get a, a pint of Haagen-Dazs or a pint of Ben & Jerry's, and then you get home. Yes. And then you pop the top off. Yep. Uh, and that, no, there's, that, there's that little sound. Now, I'm not going to say it's a sound like a Snapple pop-off. It's not a pop But there's that, that. There's a little sound. There's just like a little, like, like it's like got the releases. little ice, the air releases, the, the cream kind of. Turns, I down my shit in, in literally under 10 minutes a pint. Like a fucking pig. Now, if I'm, I'm really you. feeling good or bad about myself. You're not doing two pints. I'll double fist Now, pints. you won't do two pints. I, don't lie. Don't, do, don't lie. I used to do that when we were doing the war at home. Double you fisting. Did, no, but I'm talking pints. Two pints, double fist, one pint, one And you one finish hit. it. Are you crazy? I could do that right now if I wasn't on a fucking fast. I could two pints? Finish fuck, it? I'll, I'll fuck with you on that too. Finish it. You're honestly making me like want to go home and get this shit now. Finish it. I finished the two pints. But what I do yeah. is I, I get the pints, I open it, then I take the pint, and then I take 
two paper towels, two pieces of paper towels, and wrap it around it because you don't want the cold on your hands. Okay. You don't want it to no, slip I get that. either. Especially if it's if it's a little frozen, you got to fight through and jab see, through I, it. I, see, I have I have to get patience for that. I let my shit defrost for like maybe ten minutes. So right when that chocolate's really nice and you can really get in there, I don't like to eat my shit like that hardcore frozen. So it's it's kind of lost its its icicles at that point. For I get me. you. I understand that. That's, you have it's more, a process for me. Like you that. have more. You uh, know that my addiction is way stronger. Yeah, than you that. have a serious ice cream. I, you know that though. And you just said you go after midnight. No, you know like. You know my addiction with Ben and Jerry. What's and your flavor? The Tonight Dough, with you, starring Jimmy Fallon. You'd think I'd be wait, fucking sick wait, of this wait, shit. Wait, 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 wait. When we were in Golden State for the now infamous <laughs> yes, here. Golden State Warriors yes. podcast. They had no ice cream at, at the hotel. At 1 a.m. We got back to the hotel at 1 a.m., maybe 1.30. At the, what was the name of the hotel? Uh, the Ridgewood, the Lodgewood. Whatever the fuck it was. Okay, nice hotel. But we don't need to give them a shout out because what hotel does not fucking serve ice cream after midnight? What, you're a hotel. You should have fucking ice cream on fucking stacks of ice cream. That's what people do when they go to hotels. It's fucking bullshit. I'm going to the hotel for those amenities. You think I'm going to take a fucking shower? I'm going to order the haagen they didn't have it. So this is at 1 o'clock. So this motherfucker, this is when I knew you were hardcore. Now, we had you to get up I at am. 7 in the morning to catch a flight. So, and, and, and that's, usually that's not much, but we were, it, like, it was 1 o'clock when we got in. So for me, getting up at 7 in the morning to catch a flight, I'm like, I got to go to yeah, sleep. Like, go this to sleep. motherfucker right here is like, I need my haagen And you called where? Well, they didn't have it. At the, I was going to get basic scoop at the hotel. They didn't have it. So then I got my fucking B&J fix. And for everyone listening, that's Ben and Jerry's. Um... And I called fucking, I don't know what it was, Safeway or some shit like that, some 24-7 thing. I called. I asked them if they had the exact flavor because I'm not going out of my way. to. I had to get an Uber. The Uber picked me up. I said, I'm just going to run in, my man. I'll be real quick. They had the Tonight dough. It was glowing in the freezer. I mean, it literally felt like that, like, holy, you know, it was <laughs> you, like. You told the, the Uber stayed for you? Oh, yeah. He pulled over. I was in and out. I was in and out. I got the you, Tonight you, dough. You came back. Yes. He drove me there. It's like fucking 2 a.m. at this point. Right. I said, wait out here. I'm going in here. I didn't get two fucking Ubers. I, I said, wait out here. I'm going to get something really quick. I came back in. But you had called the place to make sure they had the Ben and Jerry's. I called. You called the fucking. I called. And you know what I really, really just want to well, say? Where did you get it from? Safeway? Safeway, whatever. But you it doesn't called matter. the Safeway I at 1.30 make... and you said, yo, do you have. This flavor, the Tonight Dough starring Jimmy Fallon. I'm not even a fan of Jimmy Fallon, but his ice cream is off the fucking charts. And I, I would and, die and, if I had a fucking Ben and Jerry's flavor named after me. I mean, that's as much me, as. As much as I love Snapple, and I would die if they had an official I Am Rappaport or Michael Rappaport Snapple, if I had a motherfucking ice cream, first of all, you my fasting days it. would be over. You could get one. Listen, yeah, they've given it to lesser uh, deserving like who? people. Who? I, I don't want to name names, but they've given it to lesser deserving people. Okay. And I would come up with a dope-ass flavor. I, I know you would, and they'd have some clever name for you, but I don't like it when the cashier, when I'm buying it, like this happened to me recently, I was so, like, I got it, and it was late at night, and he goes... You're on a diet, huh? And I'm like, <laughs> brother, I already feel like a piece of shit. He said I'm that to you? I'm here at 2 a.m. Do not fucking question. Do not fucking Ben and Jerry shame you. No, me. you're shaming me at that point. And to me, that now I'm like, every market needs a self-checkout 24-7. I don't want to be dealing with these fucking assholes. That guy said to me, you're on a he diet, said, huh? on a diet, huh? And no, I'm like, not. Fuck off. I'm about like, to stuff my fucking gorge. I'm about to gorge. fucking stuff my face. And now I'm about I'm to fucking punch you. I'm going to stuff my pie hole. With yeah. this Ben and Jerry's, what is it, late night, what? The Tonight Dough. <laughs> hey, you know what? We've been talking about the Tonight Dough this, Tonight Dough that. Where's the fucking sponsor? 
I mean, we've given them so much, so That's much it. business. No, no, no more talking about it anymore. Thank I you. I will say this though: if you want an alternative to Hagenazi, you love Talenti. or to Ben and Jerry's. Try Talenti. T A. It's in all the stores. It's in safe. It's all the supermarkets. But, I, but trust don't, me, don't spell it out because we're not getting any of this shit Fuck for free. Yeah, so you, it's you, like, whatever. why are you, like, you can promoting it out, their man. shit? Forget that. Yeah, okay. So, all right, let's get to it. Cool. Let's get to it. Um, Muggsy Bogues is joining us on the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Okay, and I, I couldn't be more excited to have the Muggsy Bogues, Tyrone Muggsy Bogues, is coming up next on the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. What up, Mike? Ha. How you doing, man? I'm good, buddy. Yo, I got to be honest. This might be the, the, the podcast, the interview, the, the conversation that, that uh, I'm the most excited and, and, and nervous about. Because growing up watching you play was was so unique and so special. And, and there may or may not be another Mike. But there will definitely never ever be another Muggsy Bogues, man. You're one of a kind, man. Oh man, I appreciate that. Those kind words that you're saying. But you know me, growing up in, a, in the city of Baltimore, on that on that sand lot, trying to grind, trying to eat, trying to show them guys that no matter how tall, small you are, you can play this game of basketball. All right. Before we get into specific things, the the, the first question I have to ask. This is like. This is like NBA folklore. It's like urban folklore. It's like an urban myth. It's reported that you had a 44-inch vertical leap. I finally need to get to know. Did you ever dunk the fucking ball, Muggsy Bogues? Yes or no? I want to I answer, and I want to send it to Washington. I want to send it to the Smithsonian. I want to send it to the NBA Hall of Fame. <laughs> true and true. Yeah, I had a 44-inch vertical. And, and, and you could dunk and I was able to dunk a ball. I just didn't have big, big hands to, to where I can palm the ball. I can, I could palm a volleyball where I could just run up and and dunk it. But I had to, the ball had to come off the rim in, in order for me to to throw it back in, you know. But I was able to get up there a little bit, you know. You know, it's documented that my my forty four inch vertical at the combine up in in Chicago is uh is valid. Now, now, I mean, if Instagram and social media existed back then, you would have broken the damn internet, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how that social media is back then, boy. A lot of things we probably have been broken. <laughs> <laughs> so, so mugs, man. I mean, you, your career is so, like I said, it's so unique. You know, I, I loved uh, just watching the ESPN documentary, the Baltimore Boys. I mean, you guys have been so documented. Everything that. Uh, at Dunbar, there was so much competition, so much. I mean, the East Coast, top to bottom, you know. But you guys, David Wingate, Reggie Williams, Reggie Lewis, and you were running the point. Might be one of the best high school basketball teams ever assembled. At what point did you say I want to play in the NBA? Because at five foot three, and when I met you, I bugged out because I was like, "Yo, this wasn't no gimmick." They didn't like, oh, he wasn't five nine. Like for five foot three in the NBA. More than your talent, Muggsy, and more than than what you accomplish, like your mental fortitude is what trips me out, man. Like, because at five three to say I'm going to play, forget even the NBA, but like Division One basketball, it's so far fetched. Like, at what point, like, like what was your you're going through your head, man? Like, it's crazy because like I wrote about it in the book. Like your your imagination and the way you were seeing the world was different than. Then everybody else, especially people five fucking three in basketball, they, they, like five threes, like 
that's not that's not professional basketball height. Like, where was your head at? Well, you know, you got to understand where I come from, and you know, in the inner city of Baltimore, you know that it's 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 out in them streets and out in that that some those play, uh those play lots, man. It, it's challenging, and people could be really cruel, you know, growing up in that type of atmosphere. But you know, I think. My mind, in terms of believing in myself, I, 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 it goes back to from once I got shot. Mm. You know, after I got shot, after I got shot at the age of five, you know, it just that I didn't give a damn attitude. You know, I didn't care about what people said or what people believed. I just had that belief that, you know, whatever I want to do, I should be able to do it. And I just carried that mindset regardless of whatever type of sport that I played. Because wrestling was one of my main sports because that was one of the, you know, the things that wasn't really, you know, looked upon as you didn't need height, you didn't need any type of size. It was all about muscles and strength and skills, and, and I had all of that And uh, when I was doing that wrestling. But, you know, my, my passion, my heart was, you know, in the game of basketball, you know, proving them people that I can play this thing. And, you know, in high school, had been around, you know, some of the talented players like myself and Reggie Williams and the David Wingate growing up. You know, I, I believe that I can play this game. You know, and, and my and, and you know every opponent that I went up against, and my mindset was if I played against the best and if I had success against the best, then I must be included with the best. And that was just something that I took on the floor every time I stepped on the basketball court. I mean, you you did it. Now, a, a lot of people don't know about this. Like, so what you you just mentioned it. Like, you you got shot when you were five years old. How the fuck did that happen? Well, you know, being in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know, growing up, and like I said, in Baltimore, it was everything in the summertime. You know, things are going on, and uh, and outside of my 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 uh, window, a fight took place, and I went outside to be nosy. And my mom and them didn't know. My mom and them didn't know I snuck outside, but my brother and my sister was already out there. And uh, but you know, I wanted to get out there and, and see what was going on. And once I realized that. You know, the guy that broke old Chester's window, you know, old Chester then decided to run in his shed and grab his double barrel shotgun and just start shooting. You know, all the kids scattered around. and But unfortunately, that was the one that got hit. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, but you know, that, that, that was a lesson learned. I have shit, I'm sure, man. Um, All right, so when you were playing at, at Wake Forest, you guys had uh, a crew. And the ACC uh, and the Big East, I mean, for me, like those were that's where it was. Uh you were a, a fucking a pain in the ass out there. Like dudes couldn't bring the ball up the court and you know, you would push, 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 push the ball and the speed and, and just like I mean, you were a you were a whirling dervish out there. Who were the other players when you played uh at Wake Forest uh that that you looked forward to playing against uh at the college level or that that, that you gave the hardest time, and who were the players that gave you the hardest time? Well, you know, ACC was thick back then. Uh-huh. We, had Kenny, we had Kenny Smith at Carolina. We had uh, Spud Webb and, and those boys over at NC State, Ernie Mines. Then you go down to uh, Clemson. You had Vince Hamilton. You go to Maryland, Lynn Byers, and Keith Gatlin, and go up to Georgia Cat, Mark Price. Uh, I mean, you go down to Duke, Tommy Amica, Johnny Dawkins. I mean, it was thick. It was thick. And that was the, that was one reason why I decided to go to Wake Forest because I knew 
that I had to put myself in that type of uh, competition mm. with night in and night in and night out that you was gonna have to, you know, play against the best in the in the in the country, and uh, and playing against the Carolinas, the Dean Smith, and those guys. You know, Kenny coming from New York, having that swag and having that, you know, that type of uh, you know, uh, playground type of uh, play. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you knew that you had to come with it, and I knew that if I can be successful here in the ACC then, uh, you know, things going to be looking really good for me going forward. Uh, and that was one of the reasons why I decided to go to Wade. And now, so Kenny Smith and those down at North Carolina, I mean, and, and Duke, these places were like, uh, you know, like historically crazy places to play. When, when you played ACC, what was the, the place uh, that had the craziest crowds back then? I mean, the atmosphere, as you still see today, you know, Duke with 7,000, fans screaming right on top of you, you know, and, and keeping, you know, at this time, you know, one, you know, my sophomore year, uh, I, unfortunately for me, I had a death threat put on me. Damn. And when I was, yeah, I was about to go play uh, Duke and I guess um, a lot of things was going on at the, uh, at the time, a lot of uh, negative, crazy folks was happening and sending uh, uh, some threatening messages to Wake Forest campus. And I was getting a lot of tension at the time. So they decided to, um, you know, to put my name, attach my name to the article. And then the guy decided to uh, say that if I played in that Duke uh, game, that the next morning they will find me laid up in the gutter. Jesus uh, dead with a bullet, with a bullet, with a bullet in my head. And this is just so, uh, like crazy fans? Yeah, it was a crazy fan. It was, it was an old man that had some mental issues. And, um, but mainly it was, you know, he was sending death threats to the university for quite some time. But like I said, I was getting a lot of uh, publicity at the time. So he decided to attach my name to, to his threat. Uh, but, you know, coach came to me and asked me, you know, I was, you know, I, you know, this is what's going on. Would you, do you want to play? I understand the circumstance and the situation. I said, coach, man, I'm from Baltimore, man. Mm-hmm. I didn't shout out. I'd have been shot already. So, you know, this is my heart. If there's anything going to happen, I'd rather for it happen on the basketball court. Mm. And you wound up playing? I wound up playing. Had a great game. Got to play of the game. We wound up beating Duke that day, which was, um, you know, which they were the favorite uh, at that time. But we wound up beating them, and, uh, and I got to play of the game. So it was, it was, a, it was a, great, a great way to finish it off. Now, a lot of people, you know, the, the legend of Len Bias, I had the uh, – the pleasure of seeing him, you know, just because, uh, you know, my age in, in, in college, um, you know, and at Maryland, and this is, you know, with Jordan and, you know, Len, and, you know, there was so much damn talent, you know, and there was, you know, college basketball, and I think even NBA, because there wasn't the access that we have today, you know, you had to, right. you made a choice. I'm going to watch, you know, Maryland play. I'm going to watch North Carolina play. I'm going to watch whoever play. The Knicks play the Sixers. You know, there was no replay. You, you know, you you watched the games and, and you watched it closely because you didn't know if you were ever going to see the highlights of the game. How good was Len Bias uh, when you look back at his career? You know, uh, obviously he, he never played a pro game. H- how good of a, a basketball player do you think he would have wound up being? Oh, Lenny, I mean, Lenny was unbelievable. I mean, you talk about the best way I can give a, a comparison is that, you know, we see the MJs today, Michael Jordan back when he was playing. And, you know, Lenny was just a two inches taller than Mike. Mm. Six, eight, same type of body. 
Uh, and not saying that he would have been a Michael Jordan, but he had he would have been close to it because he could score the basketball at will. He had a jump shot. He had a post game. He could put the ball on the floor. And Boston, I mean, they understood that, you know, with Lloyd being able to about to be on his way out of the league, that this was the guy that can carry on that torch. And um, But unfortunately, you know, he wasn't able to uh, – to see it through because with him and, and then Reggie Lewis was coming right behind him, mm-hmm. who would become that star that that franchise. I mean, those they would have been, you know, they wouldn't have missed the beat. They would have been left off to where they've been, where they were in the eighties. When did you realize you were going to get drafted in the NBA? Like, wh- how did that work back then? Like, wh- when did you realize, yo, I'm I'm about to play in the NBA? Like, I'm about to be drafted. And like, wh- what do you remember about that time? Well, I, I think the re- I always believe I was going to do it, but I think the true, true uh, time when I knew it was going to happen is right after the uh, the the Olympics, well, the World Games that I we I was able to represent in '86. And uh, my junior year, um, you know, that was the year that we able to I was able to go up there and be part of that goodwill that USA. Uh, FIBA game. And, and, and was, who was uh, on that team with you? It was myself, Kenny Smith, David Robinson, Jack McKee, Sean Elliott, uh, Tommy Amica, Brian Shaw. Damn. Uh, we had uh, Charles Smith. Uh, we had Ronnie Sykley, Armin wow. Gilliam. Yeah, and the coach was Lou Dawson, uh from Arizona. Uh, he was the coach at the time. It was, um, you know, it was, it, it was, that was the time where, you know, we had to go up to Colorado. They, they invited the top 50 top players in college to come and represent the trial, I should say. And, um, you know, we, I was, I was able to go up there and, and I made the cut mm. and made, the, not only made the cut, but I was able to be one of the starters to uh, bring home that gold medal. Yo, Muggsy, that is fucking crazy, man. Yeah, it, that, I mean, I don't think people year. like if they didn't get to see you play, like you were a one of a kind, man. You were playing and busting the biggest everybody's ass. Like you were out there busting people's ass, man. Your career is fucking crazy, man. Well, I appreciate that. And then not only that, Mike, that that was the last time the collegiate team that they sent over to represent the U.S to win the gold medal because after that you know we lost in 88 with right. the gold uh, and then they sent the dream team in 92 when, when you guys were playing over there um, as as all college players you're playing against Ar- Arvidas Sabonis Oscar Schmidt yep. Drazen Petrovic <laughs> these guys are grown men right like they're older than you and like they're, they're like they're almost like a team ready team ready to play you guys and you guys have a short period of time that's correct? that is correct and the thing about it was that you know, you just mentioned that the, all the top European players that was at, during that time, the Sabonis, the Drive, the Pachevich, the Oscar Smith, uh, you know, the, you had the, uh, Drive and Oscar, Oscar from Brazil, yeah. Those guys was, you know, those was professionals at the time. You know, we were just collegiate basketball players that went over to, you know, represent our country and, and, and you know, it was a Lord, War going on at the time in '86, mm. so it was a little scary time for us when we went over there. But we was fortunate enough to win it all. Uh, we got a good experience. I mean, again, it set off a lot of us 
you know, pretty much uh, in that draft that allowed us to, you know, pretty much, you know, start our career because in that 87 draft, I mean, all of us that was on that team got drafted except for Tommy Hammond. Wow, that's crazy, man. So so you, you, you made it to the NBA. You got drafted by the – they were the Bullets at the time, the Washington Bullets. Now they're the Wizards. I still call – do you still call them the Bullets? Like, do you, does your instinct well, still go to call them the Bullets? At times it does, at times, you know, because that's where you grew up in the Bullets. We had the Baltimore Bullets, the Washington Bullets, and then now that Wizards, it kind of, you know, it kind of throw you off. But, you know, you stay up with the times. Who are your favorite players? Because, like I said, and, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, like you're one of a kind, you know, and it's it's not like you're like some six-foot nine dude to be like, yo, I'm going to be like, you know, Wes Unseld, or I'm going to be like this one or that one. Who did you sort of look up to as basketball players? Like, who are the guys that you loved watching w- when you were a kid, high school, and even in your college career? Like, who are the guys that you look up to? Because your game, it was was it all into itself because of your size. And that is true. And, and, and it was hard to find anyone that kind of fit my, you know, my criteria because no one was out there. You know, at the time, you know, in the NBA, you had Charlie Chris and Marty Tyler. They were small. Mm-hmm. You had Tiny Archibald. You know, Tiny Tiny was six, six feet, though. He shouldn't be you tiny. Know, tiny was, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Tiny was six one. Yeah, so was Tiny like, isn't fucking tiny. I don't know what the hell, where, who gave him that nickname? <laughs> Tiny's not tiny. Yeah, yeah. So, but I had a guy in my neighborhood. He would have been the first, uh, but if he didn't decide to go to Georgia as opposed to Virginia State, if he went to Georgia with, with, when Dominic was there, mm. his name was Dwayne Wood. He was 5'5", five, five, and, and Cole was one of the baddest little guys I've ever seen. And that's how I kind of got my style. I got you. Uh, basically on him. How to let guys go in front of you and steal the ball behind them. You know, those little tactics that you use. Uh, how to run your team. Um, so those little things that kind of paid off for me in terms of learning those little tricks from. But at, you know, once you learn the little stuff, but it came natural for me. I you got know, you. Just playing I, this game. Yeah. It, and but the, the answer to your question was Miles was growing up was kind of like him in my neighborhood because I had nobody to really relate to. I got you. I, I have to imagine. I always look at the mentality, like the mentality of little dudes. And I always say this, whether it's Nate Robinson, Allen Iverson, Charlie Chris, Spud Webb. I always imagine that you guys, the smaller guys that are playing with the fucking big guys, whether it's football, uh, baseball, but particularly in the NBA, you guys are the toughest motherfuckers on the team. Like you're the guys that like, like you, you have to be like the toughest dudes. Like you don't take no shit. Like, you can't be, like, under six feet playing the NBA and take any shit. Like, Nate Robinson, I imagine, would kick most motherfuckers' ass in the NBA just because you've overcome so much playing ball in the streets, like, just the way you came up. Well, you got to have that mentality knowing that you're just as big as, you know, as anyone on the floor, you know, no matter how your size, you know. you. They say you may be 5'3", but you play like you're 7'2". And that's the, that's the respect that you get from the guys that's out there. And, uh, you know, and growing up in my era, you know, everybody, you know, it was big, big guards. Everybody wanted big guards, big guards. Um, but, you know, we had a, you know, we just have a means to where I, I felt like this game has so much to offer to where the way it's able to be played if, and in that, that position if you had, knew how to, if you understood it. Mm-hmm. You know, you could play you could play it at the highest level 
that the game is being, you know, as, as you want it. And I, I felt no different. And that's why, and as a small guard, you got to be able, you got to be able to change the game. You can't just play the game like a big guard. So when you were in the league, you, your first NBA game, do you, do you remember the first time you stepped on an NBA floor and, and like what that experience was like and like who were you playing against and was there that welcome to the NBA moment or were you like after all the playing high school, college to actually reach that dream, do you remember that that moment like where you're actually on the NBA floor and what that was to you? Absolutely. And then the first game, we we, we – well, the man, they in the MCI Center now, which we played in the Capitol Center back in Baltimore. I mean, back in uh, Landover, Upper Marlboro. And my very first game was against the Lakers, which was against Magic. Damn. You know, and, you know, they was making the big thing about, you know, Magic and 6'9", the 5'3", Muggsy Bogues. And, so that was, you know, you get the butterflies and, you know, because Magic was, you know, something that you look up to as you got a little older. You saw a guy playing at your position, and now like, oh, okay, well, cool. You know, this could be this could be interesting. You know, a guy playing your position at this height, uh, and out there maneuver, doing the things that you do. You know, he looking over top, but you more or less looking through oh. and around. So uh, it became it became uh, it became something that I, I, you know, I start to kind of get excited about the day that we played against him, and then. You know, once we got on the court, they about to throw the ball up. He looked at me. We looked at each other, gave each other a little dab. Of course, the little, the little chuckle came in because that was the first time he ever saw me, you know, as a person. But put that ball on the floor the first two times, you know, he didn't realize it was gone. You robbed and then him? Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got him the first two. Then he had, he had Bob and bring it up the next time and went straight to the post. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Up. So you were checking your first game in the NBA, you're guarding Magic Johnson. Yeah, yeah. It was Magic up you playing Magic Johnson. Holy yeah. shit, man. And and so when yeah. when you're when I understand like on the perimeter, because you're using your speed, especially against something the mismatch is so apparent. Like you said, he's looking over you, you're trying to go low. What do you do when he gets you in the post? You're five three. This dude is over a foot taller than you. It's the NBA back then. Like, how do you even try to yeah. defend that? Well, you know, if you knew a little bit, you know, I was a little strong back then. Too. Right. So I was low to that ground. And my thing was, you know, I know how to put that form in your back. Yes. And, and, and make you work. And my and my understanding was that, see, I already knew a lot of guys didn't know how to play with their back towards the back. Mm -hmm. A lot of guards anyway. But Magic was one of them who did, mm -hmm. you know. And the, but his main thing was that he want to pass out of it. He don't want to score mm -hmm. out of the post, so he wants the double team to come down so he can make and create that pass. So I said, if he score, he score. Give him the two. It's two. It's two. Mm -hmm. But what we don't do, create that other opportunity where he's getting everybody off, getting the crowd all excited and this and that, you know. So, but I hold my own. Trust me. So let me know. Let me let me do what I do, and then. uh and, we, and then, so that's how we did that. But, you know, it was always look easy. It always looked easier than it was, you know, when guys would want to try to post me up. And who were some of the other dudes that you would match up? Like, who who were the guys that you remember? And you could brag, Muggs. You could talk shit. Listen, this is the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. You have the right to talk shit. Who were the guys that you gave the most havoc to? And who were the guys that, you know, you had the most problems with guarding. like, And also, if you can, and this is another question, explain 
the I mean, could you because you you just mentioned about when Magic had you in the post, you could put your form in his back, and that's with the hand checking and everything. Do you think? I mean, the game is so different now. Do you think you would be able to play with the with the way they're calling the games now and the defense? It's so you're such at a uh, you're so vulnerable. Like the, the offense has such they have all the cards in their hand. Do you think you'd be able to play defense? Because I know you'd be able to like get off offensively, but do you think you'd be able to defend in this day and age because they call every single tic tac foul? Uh, without a doubt, because one thing about how I played was that you know I could be aggressive. Without even, without even really, you know, touching you, mm-hmm. Cause, you know, you know, because I'm right there, I'm right around that basketball, mm-hmm. and you know, and and I always teach my guys nose on the ball, mm-hmm. you know, ain't no look, ain't no looking at no waist and all this stuff. There's nose on the ball. And what do you, you mean know, by that? Meaning by when your nose is on the, on defensively. If my nose is on the ball, that means I'm right there connected to you and your body to where the ball is, is waist high mm-hmm. because that's the defensive position that I'm in. And and my thing is that, you know, once that ball starts to travel to go down as you dribble the basketball, and that's where I got a lot of my skills because when the ball starts to go down, you can't stop it from coming back up. Mm. And then, you know, as, that, as they dribble that ball down, calling their plays and the point guard so forth, you know, as that ball going down, that's when I'm shooting the gap. Got you. And by time, and by the time that ball hit the floor, I'm already then. You know, I didn't already did what I did. No, so who? I mean, you played in such a crazy era: Tim Hardaway, Isaiah Thomas, Magic, Clyde Drexler, John Stockton. These guys, you're in your prime. These guys are in their primes. So who do you remember? Like, wh- I'm going to ask you, John Stockton, what was he like going and matching up against? Because everybody, that was a tough motherfucker. He could play. He seemed like he played dirty. He didn't give a shit who was in front of him. What do you remember all playing about Stockton? Well, John Stockton, you know, he and I, at, from 90 to 94, we was neck and neck the, the top two assists in the, in the NBA. And, um, and but he was just one of those fundamental Deceptional, quick little white guys that people just didn't understand how talented he was. He was so smart. He was so sharp in terms of how to create separation and then how to make your guys around you better. Mm-hmm. And that's and those are the qualities that you want in your point guard. Mm. Having that understanding, how to take understanding certain situations and how to continue to. You know, to get, make guys run you better. I mean, the one two punch him and Carl Malone was. I mean, they the best. They were the best at it. You know, and did it for a hot for a long period of time for at a high performance too for a long period of time. But again, he was one of the dirtiest players out there. <laughs> you know, always. And that's one thing about uh, Carl Malone. My, I remember my very first year. They told me they said, "Must watch Carl Malone because he liked to set dirty screens against you against Carl Malone. I mean, against Stockton." So I come down, boy, he got a good one on me. I said, call, man, you better watch that. Fuck you, little motherfucker. I said, okay. So next time I came around, I had my elbows out. You know, I had my elbows out. I'm down low. And I'm coming through. So next time he's coming through to set the screen, I'm coming through the screen with my elbows, caught him right in the nuts. <laughs> that motherfucker went down. He got, oh, I said, motherfucker, what you say? Hey, what you say? I better look out. Your ass better look out. You set a blind screen, I'm coming in with my elbow. 
and those are, you know. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, they, and that's the respect that I got. You know, that's one thing. Ain't nobody talk to trash. You know, the guy Peyton's and none of them. They weren't talking to trash like that to me. They talking to all the other cats. But we had some battles, though. We had some hell of a battles. What about Isaiah Thomas? Of course, Detroit Piston Isaiah Thomas. I mean, he's not much taller than you. He's a badass. You're a badass. What do you remember about playing against Zeke? Yeah, Zeke. Zeke was Zeke was a bad boy. You know, Zeke was. Uh, you know, one thing about Zeke. <laughs> you know, it stands out because he always told the referee because when he jumped, you know, I had a little tricks to my little game where I played. You know, once you leave your feet, you know, I touch a nigga, I touch a cat knee, touch a nigga leg, you know. <laughs> and when you when you leave your feet, you go shoot your shot. And a nigga touching your leg, you know, you think about coming down. You know, you ain't so mm. focusing on shooting that shot all the time. And I used to get Zeke on that all uh, I used to get him on that all the time. Every time he go for his little shot, just him on his little knee, and he used to be back. <laughs> he go and tell the ref. Man, you guys gotta watch, man. You hit me on my knee. You gotta watch. No, watching up top. Watch down low. Watch That's down funny. Low. I say, yeah, boy. You got the little thing you got to do to get by, man. Because you know that was a that was a big that was brutal back in out and our days. Shit, Buck Williams gave me my first stitches when I came in that league. He he was what was Buck like because. He he didn't he never I never think I've ever seen him smile. I watched him play in New Jersey, Portland. That was a mean dude, right? Man, he was so he was mean on the court, but he's a nice guy. But you know, Buck had that. He was you know during that time, he always every team had some sort of a, an enforcer. You know, they want to call himself on the team. They didn't enforce him. And Buck, you know, Buck just played rough, rugged, right? You know, elbows thrown everywhere. And, you know, and the first thing Big Moses told me, little, little, little fella, don't be fucking around in the paint. You know, don't be fucking around in the paint with, with the big boy. You get, get fucked up down there. I, Moses I, Malone told you that? Yeah, yeah. You know, that was that was my mentor when I first came. Him, him he brought me, you know, when I came in the league, you know, that was my guy there. You know, Moses was my man. He the one that kind of gave me the insight on what the league was about and, you know, what to look out for, how to maintain on and off the court. So that was my cat, him and Manu. Uh, That's so dope, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my guys, you know. That's why I was able to last those 14 years, man. Would have been 17 years if my mama wouldn't have passed away because I had three years left on my contract. But, uh, but you know, that's what that's what the youngest need. You, they need that insight. They need that veteran guy that give them that understanding you know, how to keep moving forward, you know, how to keep bettering yourself. Because I tell you, man, it's tough. It's tough out there when um when you ain't got that type of uh that type of support when you're young. I, I can imagine. Yeah. I can imagine. And like having those with like Moses man through the ABA and coming out in high school, man, that's just man, that is so dope, man. Well, what about what about Michael Jordan? You played against Michael Jordan in his prime, like you guys' career. Like I, I can't. I think he might have come into the league a couple of years before you. First of all, when was the first time you played against him? Was it at college? Was it at five star basketball camp? Like when was it? Well, first time I played against MJ was in college. Okay, was in college, and you're older than him, right? No, he's older than me. 
He, he, he's he, older than you. Yeah, he's, he's older than me. At that time in college, was he special? Was he just a good player? Like, did you ever imagine that, like, that he would turn out to be what he turned out to be? Well, you could see it. You could see he had flash. You, you didn't know he was going to turn out to be the MJ that he is, but you could see that he had flair. You know, he had that type of swag to his game. Uh, you know, because uh, seeing him hitting that jump shot as his freshman year, and then by me, when I got there my freshman year, he was, uh, that was his last year because he left after that. Mm-hmm. And, um, but him and Kenny Smith was in the backcourt. You know, that was Kenny and Mike. You could see that, that type of, mm, yeah, he got, yeah, he could be something, but you didn't think he would turn out to be what he is, what he uh, turned out to be in the NBA. But you can see he had a flair to him, though. And what was he like when, when you guys got in the NBA? Like, what, what was playing against Michael Jordan? You guys are both young. You're in your prime. What, what, was, what was that like? If 20 years from now, 40 years from now, your grandkids say, what was that like? What do you tell them? Oh, playing against Michael Jordan in college was, you know, first, you know, you have to say that, you know, the athleticism that he had, I mean, the guy, the kid could fly. You never seen nobody hanging the air as long as he's dead the way he did and had that flair. Um, but the guy that became the Michael Jordan of the NBA, it, 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 I mean, it was breathtaking. It was must-see every time he stepped on the floor. Um, you know, him had a, he had that type of presence where it was it was like, man, you ain't no way you're going to miss what he about to do because if you get out your feet, you know, then somebody like, man, you just, you can't believe what you just saw. That's the type of, I mean, that's the type of impression and the type of impact he had on the game and he had on the fans back then because, you know, you got a six-year skinny kid that fly in the air and hanging in the air and out there with a little swag to him. You know, that was exciting. All right. Now, Muggs, before I let you go, I got I to gotta ask you about Space Jam. Yeah. You, you were part of the villainous Monstars team. How much fun did you guys have in making that movie? And what do you remember about about that? I mean, it, that movie like it completely uh, lasts the test of time. Uh, and I'm sure your kids and your grandkids, every everybody gets a kick out of spaceships. How much fun did you guys have making that movie? And what do you remember about about the film into that? Man, so much fun! Oh my gosh, we had a blast on that thing out there for two weeks. I mean, it was amazing, you know. It, Doing the not on the set, you know, working with, of course, with Patrick and Sean and Michael and and, and LJ, being in the trailers, you know, doing our thing, playing cards, laughing. Uh, LJ, I remember we had to go. We was about to be had a we had a scene that morning, and LJ was supposed to. Uh, uh, he wanted to get a haircut, and mm-hmm. he was looking for you know someone kind of give him a little. Trim him up. He had a little mm-hmm. fake thing going back then, and uh, he had his waves going. He had his little waves too. Yeah, yeah, with a little part in the middle. Yeah, with the gold. So the one of the guys on the set, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I could, I could cut you. I could give you a cut. And I'm like, man, you sure? You sure you? Like, yeah, yeah, man. I could cut. I'll get same just like it is. They'll just I'll tighten it up, just kind of make it sharp. You know. I said, ah, oh, ah, oh, oh. man. He gave L a bowl cut. Uh-huh. He, he, he cut the tape of it on the side and had a little, it looked like a bowl, a little, little mushroom. <laughs> Man, That's I went funny. crazy. 
You and LJ are still friends, man. I, when I met you, I saw you at the Garden with Larry Johnson. I swear, you guys should do a TV show or something. Because you guys look like... You could tell you guys have a history together, and you guys look like you have a good time with each other. Oh, that's my man there. Oh, to this day, that's still my cat, man. He he represents everything I do. I just, he came down. I had a lot for my fundraiser. He came down for me and uh, and took part of it. And, you know, my guys, man, I just had one with Zoe. Zoe just came in and looked out for me. I had a fundraiser for my foundation last week. He came in and looked out. So, I mean, my guys, man, you know, that's the that's the relationship, the bond that we're able to, you know, to build throughout, you know, even at, our, you know, Oak Tree, you know, I mean, Oak Play, mm. I mean, Oak Tree played with each other in, uh, out in, uh, in, in Toronto. Mm-hmm. So, you know, me, you know, from Oak to the Vince Carter, to the T-Max, you know, and my guys, Charles Smith, you know, I had a little, little short stay in New York. When I came mm-hmm. up there, you know, and uh, because man, Stocky played in Golden State together. Yeah. What What is your foundation, Muggs? Uh, my foundation is Always Believe. You can go always-believe.org and check it out. Um, I have a scholarship program, after-school program for my kids um, that we have. Last three years, I had over 140 kids come through my program. But this year, I decided to kind of re- Change it a little bit where I took 10 kids to where we're going to follow them from their sophomore to their senior year. And after their senior year, each and every one of them will have a scholarship to go towards their education. That's dope, man. Yeah. All right, Muggs, listen, I, I appreciate the time. I would love for you to come back. There's so much more I could talk to about, like the NBA today. And, and like I said, man, you're, you're one of a kind, man. You are one of a kind. And I have so much respect for what you did. And, you know, it was just a, a, such a pleasure and an honor for you to come on the podcast, man. Appreciate you, big fella. It's always good talking to you, Mike. Keep doing your thing, big fella. Keep doing it. Hey, if if there's anything I could ever do for you, Muggs, you let me know. I'll come down there and talk to the kids and uh, and, and whatever, man. But I, I appreciate you coming on here, Muggs. And stay in touch with me, and I'll stay in touch with you, Muggs. Okay. We'll do, Mike. All right, cool. Man. Peace, Muggs. My man. The beautiful audacity of Muggsy Bogues. Why the fuck isn't Muggsy Bogues giving daily TED Talks? Why is he not on the list of speakers at your motivational seminars? Why is Muggsy Bogues not the next Tony Robbins or Wayne Dyer or that whacked out new age mullet having bleach tooth weirdo Joel Osteen? I would listen to anything Muggsy Bogues has to say forever. Why? Because he's five foot fucking three and he played almost 15 years in the NBA amongst the Giants. Of course you're going to listen to Tony Robbins. He's eight feet tall with baseball glove hands and a head that looks like it was made on Halloween. You're scared not to listen to him. When he points at you, you shit yourself, then cry quickly. But I want to hear what Muggsy Bogues has to say. Do you have any idea what kind of mindset someone like that has to have? This is someone who at five foot three looked in the mirror his whole life and saw himself as a beast. I can only imagine the conversations he was having in grade school as a kid when they tried to lock him into typical short status roles. Tyrone, 
we're going to have you playing a member of the Lollipop Guild for the Wizard of Oz on Friday. Isn't that great? Nah, I'm playing the lion. Oh, we don't have a lion suit for you. Yeah, I don't need a suit. I'm actually a motherfucking lion. We don't need to curse Tyrone. Uh, just call me Muggsy. Okay, well, the Lollipop Guild players are a fun role, Muggsy. I don't know what the fuck you're saying right now. I'm playing the lion, and afterwards I might eat a lollipop if I'm hungry. Okay, well, we also have the role of Toto open. What the fuck did you say? In our version, Toto has lines. In my version, I eat dogs. I'm the lion, or I'm going to burn the play down. Someone's going to get detention if they keep up this attitude. All good. I love detention. It's where I do my push-ups and my box jumps and daydream about playing pro basketball. You want me to notify your parents, young man? Go ahead. They know I'm a lion. They tell me every day you're a lion and a beast. I don't understand. Psst. I figured you wouldn't. Now, when are rehearsals? I'm going to go work on my roar. I met Muggsy Bogues at a Knicks game in 2015. I introduced myself to him and I said these exact words. Yo, Muggsy, I know you are a motherfucker. You are a bad motherfucker because what you did in the league, my man, is no joke. And when I was next to him, I could feel the man's presence. And even though I had more than 50 pounds and about a foot in height on him, I guarantee you Muggsy Bogues could whoop my ass. He was giving off some sort of Luke Cage meets Shaft type of vibe. Like if I said the wrong thing, he would whip around and punch me in the thigh and fuck my whole body up. Seriously, Muggsy Bogues needs to be on a mental toughness speaking tour that lets you know with the right amount of fuck what you heard, you can't tell me shit attitude, you could be anything you want. Muggsy Bogues is on some Bobby Fisher, Steve Jobs, Richard Branson, let's go to Mars for a picnic on a Thursday type of shit. I mean, do you realize what kind of forward-thinking imagination and true blue fuck-the-world-don't-ask-me-for-shit mentality you have to have to be five foot three, 135 and named Tyrone to play in the NBA? Muggsy didn't just defy logic. He defied physics. Give Muggsy a microphone and a speaking tour schedule and let me know where he's going to be because I want to hear everything he has to say. Who the hell knows what I'll do after listening to motivational Muggsy for an hour? I might run right the fuck out of the place from L.A. to New York because I think I can and I know I can. I might train only underhanded set shots in my driveway and try out for the NBA next year. Who the fuck knows what I'll do? And why the fuck isn't that actor from Game of Thrones, Peter Dinklage, not talking about Muggsy Bogues in all of his interviews? They're like two inches apart in size and both killing it in their fields. One is slaying giants on a TV show and the other one slayed them in real life. Now, a lot of people say that Michael Jordan should replace Jerry West as the NBA logo. Fuck that. It should be Muggsy Bogues. Put Muggsy Bogues on the shirt, and I don't care if it's a life-size iron-on. He deserves it. Tyrone Muggsy Bogues needs to be sharing his secrets with the world so Tony Robbins can quit bullying everyone to be motivated. Muggsy's thoughts should be recorded and studied for future generations so people who are told that they don't have a shot can listen to him and then conquer their fears. There's racism, there's sexism, there's classism in this country, but Muggsy Bogues overcame itty-bittyism to become what I think is one of the greatest minds in professional sports history. All right, I want to thank Muggsy Bogues for rocking me on the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Coming up next, the champ. The champ is here the headliner from Rough and Rowdy 2, Sean Latham, is rocking with us on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Stay tuned. All right, this Friday, 
February 16th, there's one event that I'm looking forward to, Rough and Rowdy, presented by Barstool Sports. This is 40 very amateur boxing matches starting at 7.30 p.m. Eastern and will stream for four hours from West Virginia. Well worth the price of admission. Remember the thrill you got from a fight back when you were a kid. Take that, put it in front of thousands of rednecks, thirsty for blood, and lace up the gloves for the most unique production that you'll ever see on the screen. All commentated by El Prez, Dave Portnoy. In the main event, and I have a lot at stake for this, and I think, Dean, you'll have a lot to say about this, too. In the main event, hailing from Barstool's Heartland, the $20 chef himself, Sean Latham, is looking to make a name for himself by taking on one of New York's Barstool guys, Handjob Smitty. Oh. Handjob Smitty oh, I know that fucking is fighting name. my guy, Chef Sean Latham. Now, I'm going to be honest. If you follow my Twitter, you know we've talked about Smitty on this podcast. We talked about Smitty on the Fantasy Football Follies. I want Sean Latham to knock this fucking guy out. And it's going to happen on Friday night plus 40 other fights. Okay? I know what you're thinking. Times are tough and you don't know if you could afford it. But the usual $99 that you spend for a boxing pay-per-view isn't what this is all about. We got you covered. Rough and Rowdy 2 is available for only $9.99. It's one-tenth the price of some of the biggest fights in the world, but 10 times more exciting. You do not want to miss this. Trust me, Rough and Rowdy 2, you do not want to miss this. It's only $9.99. But order soon because the day of price will be $15.99. All this is on Barstool Sports, Rough and Rowdy 2, Friday, February 16th. This is the Iron Rap 4 Stereo Podcast. We'll be right back. All right, as promised, the headliner of the main event, Rough and Rowdy 2, Sean Latham is with me on the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. How you doing, Sean? I'm just here. Uh, I just got back home. Just ready, just about to crash out, get up early, get, get, the, get another workout in, like cardio. All right, let me ask you a question. First of all, how did you wind up getting involved with this Rough and Rowdy fight? Because it's one thing to like be like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's one thing to even have a fight impromptu, but to actually be like, yo, I'm going to box you in an event in front of people with the adrenaline and the craziness and all the barstool hype, how the fuck did you wind up getting involved with this this fight against uh, Handjob Smitty? Okay, so well, right when I, right when uh, Barstool bought Rough and Rowdy, I think Dave was at our office. Uh, he was in he was at the Heartland office in Indianapolis. So then he had said something about fighting, and I was like, dude, I'll fight in one of those. You know, like I, I, I've been training for like a year, you know, for the most part, mo- more jujitsu than boxing, but a lot of boxing. But just for uh, your own personal stuff. Yeah, well, because I, I headlined, uh, I was headlining a comedy club here in Indy for a weekend at Morty's and Chris Lytle came out. And um, I mean, I've watched Lytle fight a shitload. I, I love that guy. Uh-huh. And I mean, I'm a huge fan. So when he was there, I was flattered that he even showed up. That he came out, and then I ended up talking about him on stage, and then we drank afterwards, started drinking. We're getting hammered, and he was like, "Listen, all the pros train in the morning. Like, you're you're gonna be a fucking fish out of water, but if you really want to start learning how to fucking train and get in there and do put some real work in, you know, it's wide open. To you, I, I would love for you to come in. And I was, and I mean, I've I've been a fucking '80s karate movies are my shit. Van <laughs> Damme movies, you know, Lionheart, fucking." Um, you know, blood in, blood out, uh, blood <laughs> sport, 
All the Steven Seagal, Chuck Norris, all that shit. Yeah, all that shit. You know, fucking Bruce Lee, Enter the Dragon. So, I mean, as a kid, all I wanted to do was be a fucking ninja. But then, you know, you get your your life starts playing out. And next thing you know, you're you're 38. You like it just never happened. So I was flattered. So I started going all the time. Now I wouldn't have the discipline to keep going. But when Chris Lytle's texting you, what time are you going to be there tomorrow uh-huh. morning? Then you show up. What am I going to do? Am I going to blow blow off a fuck a legend? Right. And you know, this is what I've always wanted to do, anyways. So I I kept going, and then I just really started getting into the like. There's a lot of pain in it, but like I, I don't have any discipline in my life for the last 20 years. So I've been living by myself since I was 17. So you know, just doing your own thing. You know, you don't have. There's no discipline. You know, it's outside of showing up to your job that you have to have. So you know that 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 helped me a lot, and um, it made me like. If I was hungover, I'd still go in there and get my ass kicked, and it was like just like punishment for being a piece of shit, you know, getting shit canned on a Tuesday. And so you know? before the before the rough and rowdy fight, so you've been working out, you've been training, have you been sparring like b- before you're even training for rough and rowdy? Yeah, I was getting my ass beat at uh, at that gym a lot. Um, and sparring is a very mental, it's very, it's a big mental fuck because. Until you start sparring, the only time anybody thinks about fighting is when they're emotionally unstable and somebody pisses them off, right? right. So you only fight with sheer anger and fucking – then you just – that's why everybody's just flailing arms on internet videos because right. it's all emotional you know, and you're just at, reacting out of, of, of anger or whatever. So when I start fighting these dudes and sparring you know, in, in, uh, in the gym, but there is no – like we don't have a problem here. This isn't – there isn't nothing. There's no emotions behind it. That's why I know I'm going to beat the fuck out of Smitty. It's not even. Why? why? Because this guy is so like, he's an emotional fucking roller coaster in that office every day. See, Something I don't know him that don't... much. I really know Smitty mostly from Twitter. And like, we've only come across each other two times, but, but I just don't like how he acts on Twitter. He acts like a fucking, like, I think he's, I think he's totally full of shit. And I'm not just saying that to say that I think he's totally full of shit. And we've talked about this uh, on my podcast and I talked about it on Barstool, but I just think he's totally full of shit. I don't even know what the fuck he does at Barstool. Like, I don't know what his thing is. So when I found out, first way I saw it is I saw you and McAfee, uh, hitting the bag. And, and then you guys said, Oh, for rough and rowdy too. This is early. You're fighting Smitty. I was like, I fuck with Sean Lathan. I fuck with the $20 chef. I'm in his fucking corner. Which by the way, huge, huge fucking lift for me. Big fan of your shit, bro. You know? And like, then we obviously we work for both work for Barstool and I, you know, I always watch like your video you put out. Uh, I think it was like maybe max two weeks ago when you were just like, listen, nobody's safe. I, I love that, that saying so much because people, huh. like, they, they think there's supposed to be rules when they start trying to troll. Oh, yeah, fuck that shit. They want to talk like, shit, no and, and then they get mad when you talk about, you know, their kids and their dogs and their wives and their avatar picture. Oh, I don't know yes. you. You, you could look hilarious. me up and find – yeah, it's ridiculous. All right, but this is about you, Sean. So go ahead. So first of all, how I've never met you. How big are you? Um, so, well, I, I was when – I, when I was agreeing to this, I was about 238 roughly because I was – you know, I'm drinking my ass off eating like an asshole, but – I'm six two two twenty right now. How big is Smitty? Smitty's like six foot one or six foot two, two fifteen, I believe. Okay, okay, so it's a fair size matchup. Yes, yes. Now he has less fatter on his stomach, but I've dropped about twenty pounds. So, anyways, so Dave had randomly said if anybody would fight, and like five of us in the office happened to speak up. We're like, yeah, we'll fight in that, you know. Oh, and shit. then at the end of Rough and Rowdy one. At the very end, Prez was just t- you know talking about the fights. He goes, Ch- "Don't forget Rough and Rowdy too. Well, we think 
we got the $20 chef ready to go. Like he's, he just threw it out there. So then I got a bunch of tweets, you know, Oh shit, you're going, you're going to fight rough and rowdy too. So I was like, well, I mean, I, I volunteer. It's fucking go time. Let's do it. You know? And then how did it wind up being Smitty? Well, they didn't know who was in a fight at first, but I, I'm, I'm assuming they just sized us up accordingly because you know, his size, my size, weight and height, roughly. I'm, before this, like I've hung out with Smitty a few times. He's been a good, you know, he's been a cool dude to me. I guess isn't personal. I mean, I don't like a lot of the things being said, but I mean, I'm also putting in the fact that, you know, he's just going off because we're in it. We're about to fight. Right. So that's what I'm doing. Like, you know, if you agree to fight me and there's $10,000 on the line, I don't care that you're a nice guy or that I don't have a real problem with you. I'm going to fucking. I'm beating your ass because on the other side of it is $10,000. And it has the agitation that uh, has stirred up in the last few days. Has, has it fueled you? Because you just said, like, you know, when you're fighting, fighting, you know, and as you know this, um, and anybody who, who's a fan of sports knows that you can't be emotional. Are you confident that you won't be emotional when you actually get in the ring Friday, February 16th for Rough and Rowdy 2? Yes. Um, you know what? Like, for instance, like, I've been sparring a lot. I've been getting, I mean, I, I was getting fucked up these last few weeks by some guys that I have, you know, they were going pretty hard on me, busting my shit up. My nose, man, I'm just coming back to normal right now. Mm. And, um, I just know that I've sparred enough to know how to be into the, I can be in the pocket comfortably. I got you. you. I got you. I understand. And I'm not going to be emotional and my adrenaline's not going to be fucking peaking my muscles and I'm going to be breathing correctly. He's going to be fucking barely knowing how to breathe. He's going to be all adrenaline out. He's going to be fucking gassed the first round. I don't give a shit if he looks like he played college football. And Fuck I look the like college fucking, football. He's yeah. from the Poconos College Football Division Three. So what? He's got good genetics. He doesn't eat. He probably eats salads every fucking day. Fuck the fucking football from what, what college football? What college did he play know. football for? But that was his claim to fame. You know, that's why he wears those red pants all the time. There's college football pants. But All what I college, though, Sean? What college did he play I football for? I have no for? fucking clue. Come on, man. If you know. didn't play for Ohio State or a legitimate college, you might be able to talk that shit in the barstool offices. But in the real world, nobody gives a fuck that you played Division Nine college football. No one cares. Yeah, and that's why I don't give a fuck. Like, I was like, all right, I'll fight him. Like, I've been fucking sparring with this dude that's like six foot nine, 300-pound lineman from Louisville for mm. three years starting O-line. So like, you feel confident now. Yeah, no, I feel confident. I'm more confident because I've been working my ass off like for the last six weeks hard as balls, two times a day, Monday to Friday, and then sometimes we throw in a mid-sesh on a Sunday or something. Mm. So my coaches are badass. Like I got a real badass fighter coach. He's a, he's not a, uh, he hasn't fought in UFC or anything, but he was working his way up till he hurt his shoulder. Okay, I went to one of his fights recently. I mean, he's a real great coach. He's been fighting for eight years. I got some guys know that you know, and we're in there, and they're just teaching me some things that are going to help me. But more importantly, the, he knows exactly how to train someone about to fight. They know about the, you know, how your arms are going to get tired, mm. chest, like keeping your arms up, getting gassed, working proper cardio, doing, you know. And he's also a, he was a strength coach at Ohio State and Purdue, so he knows his shit, you know. So you feel confident? You feel ready to go? Yeah, I'm really ready to go. I think that this dude's in over his head, but obviously he has to say and do whatever he has to say and do, you know, leading up to the fight, but. I mean, he's going to get fucked up. Like, I'm going to have this. <laughs> as soon as, I mean, he's going to be gassed. I'm going to be in there just fucking. He has no idea how to counter punch. He's going to be fighting emotionally. This guy, he is in 19 fights. Like, even right before the fight, what does he do? He gets in a fight with you. Like, okay, the Super Bowl's over. 
Dick Gates finally calmed down. Uh-huh. You got three days to fucking rough and rowdy, which you're about to fight me, which you shouldn't be taking lightly. Right. Not listen against a real fighter. I'm like a third grader. Okay. I'm not fighting Chris Lytle. I'm not even fighting professional fighters that are just up and coming. You're fighting. You're fighting hand job fighting Smitty. You don't Smitty. have to explain it. You're fighting a guy yeah. whose name is Hand Job Smitty. Yeah, and I just but I just want to make it clear that if anybody's listening, that might actually be a fighter that does this for a living. Don't think that I think that I can step into an octagon or a ring with you. No, no, I'm no. just saying on a competent level of playing field with no real fight experience outside of sparring, you know, and some training in a fucking small gym in Indianapolis. Now, if and when you knock this fuck out. Now, my motto, my personal motto in life, Sean, I don't know if you're familiar with this. Uh, the, the, the great Michelle Obama, she said, uh, when they go low, I go high. Or when they go low, we go high. Me personally, when they go low, I go lower. So if <laughs> and when you knock this fuck out, are you going to talk shit after? Or you can't predict how you'll be. You're just looking forward to running through them and then you'll figure it out later. Because you know me, I'm the king of trash talk. Yeah, yeah, you go hard on, and nobody's safe, and I know that. <laughs> um, now, personally, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I, I guess it's not like we have super bad blood, you know. Like, I, I, you know, I don't like the way he went at you. Like the way he was going hard. Like, what are you doing? Like, what are you talking about? Right. I don't know all the situation of all the shit that was going back and forth, but I did. I definitely didn't like it, and it really fucking irked me. Mm-hmm. And then it just, and it also pissed me off that, like, dude, you you made it past the Super Bowl, blah blah blah. All these other dick gate you got. Other websites fucking cut, writing hit pieces over because of you're fucking taking a, a fucking stand over a blurry shower pick. Now I'm trying to focus on this fight. I want people to be watching it. And what do you do? You go and start another fight, an irrelevant battle that has nothing to do with the task at hand. Right. Right. He's not and ready. That, kind of, that he, got me going a little bit because I'm like, you're taking me lightly now, I feel like. Ah, ah. Well, you know what? Listen, I'm going to continue egging this fuck on. Okay, and when it continued to fucking rattle the fucking cage, if I wasn't in Los Angeles covering the All-Star game, I would be in West Virginia. I'd walk you into that fucking ring and I would be like Justin Bieber, young Justin Bieber. When he walked in Floyd Mayweather, I'd even wear the bangs, the Justin Bieber bangs. That's how hyped I am about this. Okay, so just know Friday night, I'm going to be the edge of my fucking seat watching it at home on pay-per-view. I can't wait. You know, and I, and I mean, I, I'm pumped. You're my corner. It fucking means a lot. Uh, big fan of all the shit, you know, just what you do right now, let alone what you've done. Dude's taking me lightly, and that's the only thing that really pissed me off. And I'm coming out hard, and I'm coming out relaxed and just ready to fuck him up. Like, it's, it's, mm-hmm. you can go, now you can get back to fighting all these other battles that you got going on. You don't have to worry about this one no more. And then I'm going to fucking be booking my trip to Dominican Republic yes. with my little fucking boo-boo. Yes, you know yes, I mean? yes. Without winning money. Yes, that's what the fuck I'm talking about. Now, now let me ask you this. Is this true at one point in your life you were a prison guard or you worked in a prison? Yeah, when I was 18, I got out of high school in Yuma, Arizona. I'm from Los Angeles, but I from 15 years old to 25, I lived in Arizona. And then right before I turned like right before 19, and uh, my two of my friends are going to apply for you know, the uh, Yuma County Sheriff's Office is a corrections officer in, in the county jail. So I was like, well, I mean, I ain't got shit really going on. I said, it's community call. I, I went on, and then I happened to just fucking smoke everybody in the mile and a half, like day one tryout. And then I did well. The, the tests are just like basic high school information to start off. You know, you don't, have to, you know, they don't, you don't need a fucking bachelor's degree to get a job there. Um, and then I just ended up, I got the job and, 
And then I worked there for like two years. So what is that like? Jail. I mean, what was the craziest thing that you experienced while do- having this job? You know, you, there are, you know, you do get in some fights here and there. Um, I only got in two. The second one was probably the crazier one. It was this crazy ass dude on. He was waiting trial, but he had life prison. Like he was going to jail for life. Just a lifetime gangster. I think he had killed somebody or something. He had a, the reason I love this story is because the dude had this tattoo in the middle of his face, right? Just like a fucking square between his eyes. And the dude was scary. He was, so, he was a very quiet but very intimidating. So he was in my unit. You know, you come in there. Um, you know, my shift starts at 6 a.m. I show up. I link up with the fucking night guy. And we do rounds to make sure everybody's nobody's dead in the unit. And then he forms me of any notes on anybody. If anybody fucked around or, you know, there's any issues with any of the prisoners. And then um, – we go by this guy, and, and me and that dude with the tattoo, we got along well. Like, we were cool. Like, I was there for the paycheck, and I was trying to be a highway patrol. This was the first step. Mm. Yeah, but then this other dude had getting arguments with him. And this is a unit where you can't even open the door yourself. You have to do a hand signal, and a guy from a box up that watches over the unit opens it, right? So the guy was on his 15-minute suicide watch, which means every 15 minutes he got to go look in his unit and, and write down what he's doing. And then he can only have a blanket from, like, 10 at night to 6 in the morning because they don't want him to hang himself with shit. Shit. So during the day. So the guy was like, give me your blanket. And then this fucking prisoner was just like, nah, man, go fuck yourself. I don't like you. You've been a dick for weeks. So then the guy starts hot-heading him. And then and the, and, and the prisoner looks at him and goes, if you fucking open this door, I'm flying out of here and choking your bitch ass out until someone hits me in the head with a baton. This guy goes, we'll see. And he gives the signal to open the fucking door. And I'm looking like, don't open the fucking door, like, I'll get the blanket later. Opens the door. This guy held his word. Flat, just grabs this dude by the neck. You know, like, now this is only one thing, and this doesn't mean shit now, right? But at that time, it was a fucking shitload. Like, this guy I work with was getting choked out by this gangster-ass murderer. And then, and then you know, I got to get in there, pull him off. You know, it was like, just things like that happen every once in a while because it's county jail. Like, it's not federal. Holy shit. These guys shit. haven't gone to court system yet. Well, I mean, I know it was a long time ago, and I don't. I know you're not glorifying at all. When this kind of thing is going on, if you can remember, are you like, what the fuck is going on? Or are you, like, just trying to, like, restrain them? Like, how did it end? My adrenaline, oh, was out of control. That was definitely, I was only 19 or 18 years old. I was fucking, I mean, this guy's getting choked out. And then, you know, all that academy stuff you learn where you're like choke holds and fucking wrist locks. And I was well, definitely overwhelmed. Luckily, I grabbed the dude and my adrenaline was going like crazy. You know, I called for backup as I'm fucking up kneeing on his back. And I had a good, you know, I had a good size advantage on the guy. I probably weighed 160 and I was 220 at the time. And, you know, I'm handcuffing him. I actually handcuffed my leg underneath his fucking, when I was just trying to get him, you know, the adrenaline rushing, fighting around. And then, like, five other officers come filing in there, you know. Um, then that guy, you know, obviously he can't fucking – I mean, it doesn't matter to him. He wasn't going to get more time. He's already looking at life. It's just going to run concurrent. Damn. So, I mean, there was a few times where, you know, where guys got a little unruly. You gotta, but, dude, for the most part, it was just chill. It was a bunch of dumb motherfuckers that were in jail for some dumb shit that just asked you questions like you're their attorney. Mm. Like, you know, a lot of people are talking about that's a glorified babysitter job. I mean, at the end of the day, it is. Right. You're just making sure these dudes don't die on, on city watch or whatever. And they, you know, you got to fucking give them their food and just make sure that they don't fuck with each other. You know, like there's different units. There's open units where the low level offenders are in there. They're not, they would never fight each other because that'll just quadruple what they're, what they're in there for as it is. Right. Cause it's county, you know, but I got fired, um, 
right before I turned 21, I was about to go to Highway Patrol. I got accepted to um, for for Arizona Department of uh, DPS, Department of Public Safety, or whatever. I forgot that it's Arizona Highway Patrol. And right before I left to go to the academy, I got a DUI coming over Mexico because I was getting lit back then. Mm. Pretty because Mexico was right like a five minute drive from where we went to high school, so we were going to bars from 16 all the way up to 21, no problem. Right. So that was, and that's where everything changed. I moved to, um, I moved to Phoenix, got a job at Olive Garden. They said I got a job at the Improv like a year later. Uh, and then I started doing stand up. Oh shit. Okay, cool. That's crazy. And you're the $20 chef, right? So, so when we finally meet, you, you'll cook me up something really fucking nice, really proper. Dude, yeah, we could also film a fucking episode together. That'd be funny done, too. Done, done, done. That's done. We'll do a full episode, and I will out eat anybody on in your previous episodes. I will, Dude, I will good. stuff my face. You can make whatever you want. Don't try to like burn me with spices or anything like that. Make me whatever you want. I will stuff my face, double fist, whatever you put in front of me. Dude, hey, that's great news. We'll fucking make some good at. As soon as this shit's over, and I can relax on the diet and go back to cheating a lot more. Um, cause you know, I don't, I, I, I'm just trying to do as best I can for this fucking fight. Like I'm, you know, you gotta take this shit serious. A hundred thousand people watching. I mean, that's more than possibly the rumble in the fucking jungle. Oh, like this shit. is, if you put it in perspective, like I'm, I'm way out of line here. Both of us are on like, we're, there's so many other fighters that obviously no, they're no, they're not in the position of our job and our company, but guys who've been training, you know, so I'm, I have to take this serious. This is a big fuck. This is a big deal. Um, you know, to myself, I think it's a big deal for the company, you know, and it's a big deal that they, they let me even do it, that they want me to, that I'm getting to do it. So I'm taking this shit as serious as possible. You know, Pat's been in my corner. He's there every single second. I'm there working out. He's working out. Uh. You know, like he's just the most supportive dude in the world right now. And meanwhile, like, you know, over there, Smitty's over there fucking all, trying, you know, starting a war with the company. Like, I'm, that's why I love, like, say what you want, but. I would way rather have the support. Like I'm about being creative and then and there have being the supports. Like we don't have to, you know, it's a different culture in our office. Right. Like I respect what's going on here, but New York, and I think it's fucking, they, they're pumping out some beautiful shit, but just the over, like the vibe is so different. It's so much more in each other's, you know, throats. And obviously there's 80 people in a third of the building. We got like this monster building with 13 of us or, you know, so it's not everybody on top of each other. So I guess we don't, you know, you don't get that going at each other like that's why smitty's fighting 19 people right now yeah well as soon as i hang up with this okay i'm gonna instigate some more shit keep them up all night keep them up this is just me because i can't stand this fuck i'm gonna keep them up all night on twitter i hope you have his little balloon knot leaking friday night february 16th rough and rowdy too yo sean listen in all sincerity i wish you all the luck. I'll be watching. I'll be cheering. You'll be hearing from me on Twitter post-fight uh, and talking shit for you. And uh, I can't wait to get my uh, my $20 meal from the $20 chef. Dude, looking forward to it, man. I can't wait. I'm going to fucking fuck him up. Remember, just know that all the punches all got some of your name on it. Ooh. A little bit of fucking revenge for all that shit talking he's yes. doing, all that disrespect. Yes. Just know I'm going to land a few of those fucking definitely got your name on them. Fuck yeah, Sean. Good luck, and I'll be talking to you after the fight, my man. All right, brother. I All appreciate right. you having me on the Abs- show. Absolutely, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right, later. All right. I am going to be watching this on the edge of my seat. If I could go to West Virginia, if I wasn't in Los Angeles covering the All-Star game, I would be there to walk my man, Sean Latham, into the fucking ring to hopefully knock the fucking dog snot 
out of Barstool Smitty. That's all his name is, Barstool Smitty, who claims he's from Philadelphia, who's probably from the Poconos. Rough and Rowdy 2, you do not want to miss this. It's only $9.99. But order soon because the day of price will be $15.99. All this is on Barstool Sports Rough and Rowdy 2, Friday, February 16th. I literally, truly, seriously, I can't wait for this. Uh, I'm excited. But real quick, can a shooter shoot? Can a stick man stick? You've told me you've had some um, some escapades with some ladies lately. I have to say, I think the last time I was on here, I told you I was on a dry spell, and I and I keep it very real for the listeners. When I'm on a dry spell and nothing's popping off, I got nothing to say. Right, you're not lying on your dick. Yeah, I'm not lying on my dick. I'm not lying on my dick, or I'm not lying about my dick. You're not lying on your dick. You're right. I'm not lying on my dick. Right. I'm. You don't lie on your dick. I don't lie on my dick. Is right. that fucking English, bro? You, right. Right. Yeah, no, I don't you, lie. You on keep my... it real. You don't lie on your dick. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I keep it real. I don't lie on my dick. Um, so, no, I would never lie on my dick. And um, But I do have to say... Lying on your dick is this not cool. If you're lying on your dick, it's... I it's... don't know. It sounds like you lie on your dick a lot, man. I don't know anything about that. I, I ain't lying on my dick. I think you might be lying All right, on your okay. dick. All right, okay. But it's been, I will say, it has been a fantastic year so far okay. for me. Uh, and a fantastic, in particular, couple weeks. Okay. I've really been putting myself out there a lot. I don't know if anyone You're like knows. a grinder beast, right? Right now, I, I really you am. You get down I, on grinder hard, wait, right? Wait, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought you meant I'm like a grinder, like, yo, I'm like hustling, like I'm, I'm putting myself out there. Now, you're, you're on that app grinder bro, hard if, if body, you, right? I already told you, I wasn't coming back here. Yo, I, already, I did tell you. My man stood up to me. But Dean Collins just stood up like that. that yeah, that, I got that up guy. out of my fucking chair and I said, if you pull this grinder shit on me again, I'm not fucking with your podcast anymore. I came here. You know I'm not on fucking grinder. You're trying yeah. to press my okay. fucking buttons. Okay. You want me to go get a fucking jar of Ben and Jerry's out right now? Okay, no, I'll put I'm, that I'm shit fast. in front of your face. I'll I'm eat that fast. shit right now. I'm on a fast. Okay, so you don't use the app grinder? You know. You know that I don't use the app. What, what's the app that you I use? I told you we've already run through this. What is it? Tinder, Tinder. and fucking Bumble. Sorry, Tinder and Bumble. Sorry. Okay. okay. Sorry, I didn't know. Already, I get it confused. No disrespect to Grinder. Tinder, I'm, Tinder no, and Grinder sound similar. They're not, they're not at all. Uh, no disrespect to Grinder, but I'm not on it. Um, and so anyway, yeah, Tinder's been good, but no, I have to say lately it hasn't even been with Tinder. It's been with people that I've previously known in college or that I've been friends with. It hasn't been a lot of like meeting randoms lately, but I did have a very good weekend this past weekend. Um, what, what happened? Uh, what, what happened? happened? Uh, I went out on Friday night. Okay. I saw a girl that I'd previously. Keep it evergreen. What do you mean? You could say I went out the other night. Oh, I see. I went out. The People other... don't need to know Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right, well, Monday, like, Tuesday. We don't know when they're listening weekend. to it's But Friday they might be listening to this on a Friday. Keep it evergreen. All right, be I'll keep it evergreen. Pro. Be okay. a pro. Okay. Be a fucking uh, pro. Okay. So, yes, I'll keep it evergreen. Shit. Uh met up with a girl the other night. It was great. Um, had a great night. Had you known this girl? Yes, I'd known her from college. I did. I, I have known her. Um, have we, you been intimate with her in college? We have had uh, relations before. Um, okay, that's what's up. And, and everything was great. Yeah. Everything, it was a good night. There's nothing that's to write. Pimping. What? That's pimping. Are you sneezing? Or no, are you... I'm sneezing. That's pimping. Oh, that's pimping. No, oh, I, I like it. It's like a sneeze and that's pimping. God bless you. Oh, God bless you. Yeah. That's pimping. Okay, go ahead. Bless you again, I go think. Ahead. Um, so that was great. Nothing to write home about with that one, but that's we did, college. We that's did pop 10 off. years ago. Yeah, it came years ago, right? Um, Eight, four. Who cares? We're not fact checking. Whatever. So 
Then the next night, you know, I was destroyed that night with my Milagro tequila. I shout out Milagro. I, I'm still rocking on Milagro. It's still my number one tequila what choice. Is? Milagro tequila, okay. silver edition, blue bottle. Okay, it you're is on that blue. Changed my fucking way of drinking. All right, all right my man, my man. Get Sorry, to the I just, so, so, so the other night you met up with this girl who you had had relations with back yes, in, the, but you hadn't yes. hooked up with her recently. No, not. It's been a while. So we okay. hooked up. It so was get great. Get to it, my man. All right, it was great. Then the next night. Oh, just, okay, okay. So, oh, this is not even the story. No, this isn't the story. This is just a clean. No, this I just is told a clean you that was, that was what it was. Okay, I'm not going to dive into it. Okay, it was. This dope. is another escapade. The escapade, and you're not the, even going into the other escapade. I'm not even I, going into that other escapade. So this is the third. I will escapade. tell you. It, so the story that you came that you begged me to be on the Iron Rapport Stereo <laughs> Podcast about, has not happened we, yet. You, you haven't even told that yet. No, and there was a girl before that one that I've had. A, I've been seeing a little bit, having some. My man, we don't try to hear about all the fucking all right, the, just, the, the, the birds and the bees and oh, there's this girl and like oh, we had a nice. No, day. I'm not we saying trying that. to hear about them that 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 freak off. Okay, still fucking trying to hear about like you like I don't want to hear about all the other shit. I'm trying okay. to hear about that freak off. Okay, okay. So the shit. next day after that freak off, which was a successful freak off, uh, the next day I was pretty hungover, but I was ready to to go for round two. Um, and my friends were having a, a birthday party at this place called Clifton's downtown LA. My man, you're uh, giving me way too many bro, motherfucking what, what, details. What, what the, the fuck can I say at this point, man? Clifton's and all I, that like, shit. I'm trying to paint the fucking picture Okay, okay, here. okay. That's like, what's like, up. I can't okay. say where I went. Okay, like, okay. Let me give you up. some fucking context, Clifton's, dude. Clifton's. What's Clifton's like? All right, thank you. So Clifton's is like a five-story joint out in downtown LA, it's got a tree in the middle of this fucking thing. Okay, okay. It's like, and you can wear snazzy shit. So they're they like, they say dress formal. They say right? dress formal. You can't wear tennis shoes. You can't wear sandals. You can't wear t-shirts. You dress nice. So me and my 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 best friend Daniel, my man, we, stop giving your people yo, shout you know outs. What? I'm not getting. Let me this is like, going, I fuck with Daniel, but you don't have to try to sneak a shout out for your man sh- in the in the pocket. It's like, oh my best friend. Let me give a fuck about bro. You your are, best you friend, are your fucking irritable. No, this is fucking irritability. Right, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, my bad, my bad. So I'll just say some random. Random my guy, bad, my bad, my bad, and me my bad. wore suits. You could just say not, my homeboy Daniel, my guy. I Daniel. just did my fucking my best, best friend Daniel. There you go. So my, my when when did you meet? When did you meet? Fifteen years ago. Oh, nobody gives a fuck about all. You that. just asked no. me. <laughs> fuck this shit, man. This Sorry. is fucking going awry already. Right. Me and Daniel, we we decided we were going to wear our suits. Okay, we didn't give a shit. <laughs> suited uh, and booted. Yeah, I was suted, suited and booted. And motherfucking and booted. We go to this place called Clifton's downtown. Okay, me and my friend. We're in our suits. We're suited and booted. We're ready to take on the night. It's five-story place. It's one of the coolest spots in LA, supposedly. I'd never been there. It's got a tree in the middle. The place looks like fucking Pirates of the Caribbean. We go there. I'm there for a friend's birthday. Before I get there, I decide I wanted to hit up this girl that I've never hooked up with. I've only seen her around college. I never actually hung out with her before, but we follow each other on Instagram. I know her. Um, a My little man, bit. get to the motherfucking gist of it. Go ahead. All right, you you never hooked up with before this college. Fucking a. We never hooked up. I never even hung out with her. I never so even made a plan with her. To, what prompted you? We were following each other, and okay, I slid okay. into her DMs once. Okay. And I said, "Yo, here's my number. We should we should hang out." But okay. I saw that she was following me. She said, "All right, great. I'm down." So I texted her this weekend. I said, "Hey, I'm going to this thing. Cliff, come out with." I said, "Come with me." I'm suited and booted. She said, "I'm already going to be downtown." It's perfect. I'll meet you after my little pregame thing downtown. Yes, yes. We'll have a night. I yes, said, yes. great. Okay. So she texts me when I'm there. Okay. She, she's texting me. She goes, I'm done with my thing. I said, yo, I just got here. She said, all right. 
I'm on my way. I said, are you coming by yourself? Are you with a friend? She said, I'm by myself and I'm waiting in line. This line is crazy. I said, oh fuck, let me go help you. She goes, oh no, it's moving, it's moving. She gets in, I see her. She's looking great. Mm. She looks great. Mm. Okay, let's call her Roxy. Roxy. Okay. That's, I like that. I'm just going to call her Roxy. Right. So Roxy's looking fucking great. Yes, okay? sir. She comes in. I'm already on one. She comes in and she's on one too. When you mean on one, what does that mean? Like, I'm like feeling my, my, my drinks. You had and your I'm Milagro. Like, I, uh, yeah, I was like fucking with me and, yeah, we were, we were on one. Uh, I was you on a booger sugar? What does that mean? No, go ahead. No, I'm not on fucking booger sugars. So- to get down to it, the girl comes in. I said, yo, I got you a drink. She goes, I'm not drinking that. I'm drinking vodka. And I said, okay, we'll just, you know, have some of my tequila. We go, I get her a drink. Now there's something kind of already funky about this girl. I don't know what it is, but my friend's like, yo, that girl's like on some shit. I don't know what she's on, but she's coming in hot. And I was like, I feel you. I feel you. But I'm like fucked up. So I'm not really noticing it, but they're like, chicks on something. Okay, I, I don't know what, but she's on something. Not other a than behavior drinking. thing, like on something, like she's on something. Yeah, she's like on like she's like acting kooky, like like freaky. So anyway, mm. fast forward. Mm, all right, mm, mm, mm. fast forward. I'll cut all the details. I know you like to keep it fucking short here. No, no, so, no, 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 I, no, no. I like to like so. So what was happening in the spot? So the spot was dope. It was fucking hot. So I wasn't really on my game because. It was getting hot in there, and and, and you're sweating and booted, so it's uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable, and I'm just talking. We're talking, blah 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 blah. Then I'm at the bar, okay, and Daniel is standing there, and he looks at both of us, and he says, "We're just talking." He goes, "What, yo? You really haven't fucking made a move yet? What, what the fuck's wrong with you?" I said, "No, no, no. We're just talking." So he turns, he's fucked up, and he says, "Yo." Why don't you guys just fucking make out already? He goes, I dare you to fucking make out right now. That's what he always tries to do this with me. Yeah, he always tries to like wing me a little. But at yeah. this moment, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. not feeling that. Okay. And she goes, no. She, she straight up was like, no, I'm not doing that. And I was like, yeah, all right. And I was like, I turned to Daniel after that. I was like, yo, let's go. I'm done with this shit. I'm not playing Mr. Fucking Nice Guy. I didn't, I'm not here holding fucking hands and hanging out. I'm not trying to make new friends. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I invited you out here. We're both getting fucking freaky. It's, yeah. it's past midnight. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I said, that's fine. So I turned to her. I said, oh, yo, we're going to go. We're leaving. She goes, I'm going to leave too. I said, all right, that's, that's what's up. And she, she texted me, where are you? I'm downstairs. I'm leaving too. I said, all right, I'm leaving. So we go outside, okay? And this is when I'm just like at the peak of my fucking like drunkenness, whatever. She, I don't really, I'm retracing my steps. We get outside and I see her. We start walking down the sidewalk. She's kind of pushing me a little bit, like, like up on like the fucking uh, wall. Like, hey, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, she's basically like, listen, I just want to tell you like, you sliding into my DMs and your little suave shit and all the shit that you're acting with me right now. Like, what that's do you mean acting? I don't know. I was drunk. I was like doing whatever. I was just like fucking around, like trying to play, you know, play the game a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, hear you, I and hear she's you. like, she's like, she keeps pushing me against the wall and she's like, that suave shit ain't gonna work with me. And she really caught me out of my element because no one's really like, no girls really like sassed me up like that. So she's like, she's like pushing me up against the wall and she goes, that's suave New York shit. That ain't going to work for me. And I'm like, New York shit, what are you talking about? She's like, yeah, that New York shit, that's not going to work with me. And I was like, I'm not even from New York. I'm from fucking the Palisades. I'm, I'm, I'm from Los Angeles. I, I'm not from New York. She goes, and then she starts talking in a Brooklyn accent the rest of the night. I don't know what the fuck was going on. So she goes, listen, 
I'm going to make out with you. I'm going to, ki- you can kiss me, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm good. I kept saying, I'm good. And she go, you're so stupid. You're so dumb. And she kept saying that. And I said, you better stop saying that. Like, I really didn't like that. And I was like, stop saying that. And she's like, I'm just teasing Ooh. you, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I'm like, all right. She's like really going at it. And I yeah, go, yeah, yeah. I go, all right. And she's like, you know, you can hook, we can hook up a little bit, but that's it. And what does I, that mean, hook up a little I, she's bit? She's like, she's like, you can, ki- we can kiss. Like, she goes, I'm going to, I'm going to make out with you. And this, I'm like, I was like, you're not doing me any favors. It's all good. So I'm like playing that, like whatever. So then Daniel comes out, we're ready to go. And he's got a girl waiting for him at this place called Umbrella Company in LA. And he goes, yo, I got to go. My girl, she's they, waiting they for umbrellas? me there. They don't make umbrellas. It's just called Umbrella Company. I'm not well, going to, I'm not going kind of, down that road. But wait, wait, I'm not wait, going I'm down sorry, that road. I'm sorry. He's going to take a girl to a place called the Umbrella Company. What do they do there? No idea. They make fucking drinks. It's on Melrose. It's fashion. But do they sell shit. umbrellas? They don't sell umbrellas. They sell drinks as a bar. Okay. It's no just umbrellas. a bar. There's no In umbrellas. In the daytime, they don't sell umbrellas? I don't even think there's umbrellas. There's not one umbrella there. It doesn't matter. It's beside the point. All right. Okay? Just asking Let shit. Let me just keep going. Only bad question is the one you don't ask. <laughs> All right. That respect. Uh, so so he goes, We're going. I'm going to Umbrella Company. I told her. I'm going to Umbrella Company too. She goes, I'm going to come with you. And I was like, all right, fine, let's go. So I'm trying to play it like I don't give a fuck at this point. We get in the car. We get in the Uber, us three. We're making out at this point. Like we're hooking up in the car. Yeah, yeah. Like all that shit. Yes, you're And right. while I'm in there, by That's the way. That's Thank you. And while, That's Pippin. Bless you. And while <laughs> I'm in the car, the Uber driver notices, recognizes me. From what? And he says, you're Dean? And I said, yeah. And he goes, Dean Collins? I said, yeah, what's up? And he goes, Yo, young shooter, I'm a fan. I listen to the podcast. That's what the fuck is No, 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 I'm dead serious. That's what I'm talking about. They're all fucked up, so I don't even think they knew about it, but he's hearing me, like, with the girl. He's probably listening to this episode, like, yo, I I was the guy. I hope, I hope. Shout out, because he was a homie. I like this Uber driver. And he knew what I was dealing with, because the girl was wacky, okay? Girl was wacky in a good way. So we start going, we're going on... We go to Umbrella Company, okay? I'm wrapping this up. Get to the crib, man. Bro, I'm not at the... It, I can't fast forward okay, when okay, there's okay, shit that happens the Umbrella in between. Company. Shit happens. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So we're at Umbrella Company, and then we take a shot there. We get there. We meet Daniel's girl. She's there. We all take a shot together. Now we're really all fucked up. Yeah. And then they, they're they going, yo, we're going back to the crib. And I said, I'm going back to my crib, too. You should come meet my cat, Pablo. That's my little secret weapon a little bit. I got this cutest you, you, cat. You tell girls to come to your crib by meeting your fucking cat? It's it it's worked like okay. all the time wow. pretty much and they're like if they like the cat they're they're down they know they've seen the cat on my thing so she goes is that why you got that fucking no cat man to begin I love with? that cat all right. Pablo's the shit okay. anyway so she goes how far is your place I said it's 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 around the corner blah blah she goes, all right she said listen I'll come over I'll see the spot we could kiss a little bit this is what she's got giving me the 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 lowdown she said, we could kiss a little bit she give me a little plan she goes but I ain't playing any of that hanky panky shit with uh-uh. you. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, I am playing that hanky-panky. She goes, I'm not going to fuck you, this and that. We can hook up a little bit. Then I'm going home. That's it. I said, let's go. We get in the car. I take her to my spot, show her my cat. She loves the cat. She says, I want to finish the rest of this Patron bottle that I had in my freezer. And then after we're done with that, I want to take a shower. And then I got to go home. And I she, said, she, hold up. You... She she thinks she's running the entire show. Oh, she's she, like, she's, you really, you're not taking this in a fucking hotel. She's taking a shower. This is what she's saying, bro. So so we kill so she's killing the fucking patron. We're hooking up in my kitchen. Daniel and his girl, they decide they're going upstairs now. They're going to get their That's going ripping. To, yes, bless That's you. Ripping. Bless you. Uh they're going to do their deed. So they leave us down there. We're hooking up, we're hooking up. I'm pulling her on my couch, doing my thing, you know, this and that. We kill the bottle. She goes, All right. And I said, let's go upstairs. Go upstairs, pop that space light on, 
Oh, I got the space light. It, impa- the all-encompassing, game-changing space light. And it's not any space light, so don't even bother looking on Google to find some random shit. This is a, this is a fucking collector's edition, okay? This is like, it's a one-of-a-kind space light. All right. I pop the galaxy on the thing. She's fucking, mind is blown. She loves it. She goes, ooh, can you put some music on? I said, I'm already on it. I already got the music. Play some of my music. Now you, my you shit. want to play like your music or she She wanted- actually asked me if, she, if she's like, can you p- please play some of your music? And I was like, I'm not playing my music. She wanted you to play your music and I, for and Pacific the band. Yes. And, and I didn't, do, it's just Pacific, but yes. As, it's as, not Pacific the band? No, it's just for Instagram. It's at Pacific the band, but the band is just called Pacific. Okay. The band. It's just Pacific. All right. So okay. anyway, right. she gets in there. I'm starting to play music. All right. This and that. She goes, all right, Nat, and we're hooking up in there. Everything's great. And then she goes, all right, I want to take a shower. Show me the shower. I said, all right, I'll show you the shower. So I turn on the shower for her. Okay? Are you butt-ass at this point? I'm not. She's butt-ass? She is. Okay. She gets in the shower. I'm like thinking, holy fuck, I cannot believe this shit happened. I can't even believe this shit happened. So before she gets in the shower, though, okay, she opens up my desk, and she starts putting these fucking lines of whatever Whoa, on my desk whoa, and I'm whoa, like whoa, yo whoa, whoa, whoa. booger sugar I don't even think it was booger sugar what do you mean lines like like it wasn't cocaine but she's like she's like I was like yo what is that and she's like hold the fuck up you, you can't just throw that I mean she starts putting was she it, was starts it jotting down like two lines of fucking Xanax but was it in a baggie or she's chopping Not, she's it up chopping it up yo like, the periquo Whatever, the Xanax, like, she started putting, I'm like, well, I've never even seen someone snort Xanax, okay? She starts snorting fucking Xanax? She's starting to fucking snort some Xanax, okay? And I'm like, and she's like, come on, just do a little bit. And I'm like, I'm good, I'm good. She goes, oh, yeah, this one's just so little, just do a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm good. She goes, oh, just a little bit. I'm good. Let me show you the shower. So she does her thing. Damn. I take her, I'm like, yo, yo you I'm having this a night, is okay? fucking wild I, shit. I'm having a night. My so music's when she, blasting. So when she does the Xanax, now I, I, I've never snorted any drugs. I've never done any drugs. Okay. I've never done shit. Okay. Does she start acting nuts right away? No, no. Like, do you, well, what does Xanax bro, do to you? I don't, it chills you out, So that must have been what she was doing when she I was at Clifton. So. She I was already so. hopped up on I that think, Z. I think so. Or is it the X? Uh, it's is not Z the or X. An X. Xanax. It's, it's with an X, but X is X. She was on that, so. but she was on that Xanax. Yes. So anyway, Whoa. forget the Xanax shit. That's all right. Just yeah, crazy. It, was, it was wacky. So then I turn the shower on. She's butt naked. Okay. She gets in the shower. It's fucking steaming in there. I'm in my sweat. I changed from my suit. I'm in my sweats and I'm in my t- white t-shirt. And she goes, she goes, come in here. And I'm like, you want me to come in there? And she goes, yeah. So. I'm I'm kind of a shy guy, okay? I think I've, the only time I've ever gotten in a shower with a girl is with my ex-girlfriend years ago, okay? I, I played that game years ago in the shower, okay? Like Never. The rubber ducky shit? Not rubber ducky shit, bro. Just she's taking a shower. She wants me in. So I start getting in with my sweats, okay? I'm like, I'm not fucking around with the whole, I'm stripping down. So she, I start getting in. She goes, oh, and she's a strip down. I go, all right, fuck it. Let's go, you know? So I strip down. You unfold the loaf. A hundred percent. I unfold the loaf. Now, I'm on my shit, by the way. Like, I just want to say, like, when I get that liquid courage, like, I'm good without it, but when I get that liquid courage, I'm, I'm, I'm really on You're my on game. You're on that kryptonite. I'm on that kryptonite. I be on that like, kryptonite. Like, there's nothing stopping me. I be on me. that kryptonite. I be on, on that, that, I yes. be on that, I be on that kryptonite. Yes. So I, I just, I start, I didn't know you fuck with that, li- that, that kryptonite. I fuck with that kryptonite and I start going on autopilot. Like, whatever's coming out, it's just, like, working. I'm not trying to boast or anything. I'm just telling you the story of what happened, all right? <laughs> so she gets in. I take my shit off. I get in and I'm only going to say this because this is what is the truth and what really happened. But she was very, very impressed with what I was packing down with there. your pipe, 
with my pipe. Yes, shooter. Okay? I'm not. I'm you not, had that crypto. I'm not dick. trying to fucking you had that crypto exaggerate dick? shit. <laughs> you had that crypto dick. I guess I was on that crypto. That's pimping. All right, bless you. So, <laughs> pimping. Bless you. That's pimping. Yo, Holy let me get shit. you some fucking tissues, bro. Damn. So. My man had that crypto dick. So anyway, I'm in there, and she's very impressed. Okay, I'll just say that. It was great. I get in. We what start, time is it at this point? It's fucking, it's got to be close to four. Oh, man. Okay, so we're partying. I'm in there with her. <sighs> she's going, um, she's loving it. We're hooking up in the shower, this and that. I'm like, oh, man, I can't believe this shit is happening. Oh, and she's still going about what I'm packing. She's really impressed. So she, she goes... And this is me being so real with the podcast, but I'm just saying, like, she's like, I told you I wasn't gonna fuck you, but like, I want you to fuck me now. Ooh, blah, 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 okay, blah. you keep it. Right, too- I, I don't want to get too crazy. Okay, you keep it too- you keep all right. So let me just, I'll just say people's this. People's parents are listening. Right, sorry about that. You, sorry, you're, you're bugging. You can cut that if you want. You're bugging. Sorry. So she, uh, listen. All I will tell you about the shower is she must have just saw Fifty Shades of Grey. She must. Well, what was she doing? Because smack, it, did she smack your face? No, I was did like. She call you a pig. No, man, I don't know why you keep asking me about. But did why she go- smack your face no, and say you little fucking, pig? You. She didn't fucking say you little pig. You. She was. She was nice, but you know, aggressive. But you know, we're like, I'm lifting her up in the shower. Right, and, right, you know, right. Pressing right. against each other. Right, and it was right, great. Right. It was hot. It was right, steamy. Right, right, it right. was great. Cut to after that, we start. You know, I'm changing in my closet. Yes, sir. Things are going on in the closet now. Why she's are you in the closet? Me. I don't know. And then she's she keeps looking at me, and she goes, she goes, you keep looking away, like you're dr- maybe it's because you're drunk, but you're looking away. And she's like, I want you to look at me, like in the eye. And oh. I'm like, oh shit. And she keeps saying, she's like, look at me. And I was like, oh fuck, all right. Not while we're hooked. Like she's, she's like, just I'm in the general. captain here. She's on that. Yeah, Tom she's like, look I'm at me. Look at me. I'm the captain now. That's but what it was. Why are you in your closet? Your closet. You can't even fit. Two I was changing, in there. bro. And but how do you can't... wind up in the closet? I was changing. I but got my towel. It's not like you have a big ass walk-in. I'm not trying to diss. I'm just saying, like, bro, she just followed me in the closet, man. And then things got kind of freaky in the closet. And then we moved from the closet, that freakiness, to the bed. Yes, sir. And I got the music bumping. Yes, sir. She uh, and 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 you freaked off. And we freaked off. Yes, and the fucking sir. Rest now, is history. Yo, I like this. Is this might be the best one you've came with? You really but, think so? Because she was sniffing that X. Or the Z. It was that X shit. I don't fucking know, man. But but did you, this is why I have a question. What? Did you notice any change in her behavior I, I, from I, I, that stuff? Listen, listen. No, I'm serious. You're talking to a guy that was, I was on you one. You were on that Milagro and that kryptonite. Uh, Milagro, Patron, I had a shot at the bar. I, listen, you, I, I wasn't you. following anybody. I'm she could have been you're sober. You're not one to answer. Was, no, I'm not. All right? We were both on the same page. The next day, um, <laughs> the next day. Okay, and this is how I'll wrap up the story. Yeah, wrap this motherfucker up. All right, here we go. But this so is good, though. She she leaves. It's like 11 a.m. She Get leaves. All right, and I go, you know, I'm collecting my pieces with Daniel. We decide, yo, he freaked off with his girl. I freaked off with my girl. We decide to go out for some grub. We eat some food. What do you mean collecting the pieces? I'm like, yo, we need to fuck. I'm like, I had a wild fucking You don't night. know what happened. I don't know what's going on, but I remember this, and I remembered that, and I was like, what the fuck? I couldn't believe I got this girl at my house. I couldn't even believe I hooked up with her. I sent her a text. Come with me. She goes, I'm down. And that was it. Okay. The next day we go and he goes, yo, I don't have any photos from last night. And I go, oh shit, let me check mine. I open up my fucking camera. Okay. And there's a photo of this girl, Roxy and my cat. And she's butt naked. She took a picture of herself. I took a photo. Oh, she oh. asked me to take the photo. And I literally almost spit out my fucking drink when I saw it. I was like, oh, he goes, you got any photos? I said, nope, I don't have any photos. 
So, I, and if you're fortunate enough to listen to this entire podcast, Dean will be posting this no, on a special thing to get more listeners no, on this episode of the I Am no, Rapper I Stereo no, Podcast. I won't. You'll blur her face I, out I, and nope, you will post nope, that. Nope, I've already you will deleted post that. that. Because I it's, that. everything is for the I Am Rappaport nope. Stereo Podcast. I hear you, but I deleted that photo out of respect for her. I, I I hit her up the next day, and she was aware of the photo. And I told her, don't even worry. I mm. deleted it, which I did. Okay. Uh, I'm not a fucking animal. And we had a nice time. And, and and you know, I'm on the move. I'm, I'm still looking around for, you know, whatever. But uh, I'm a safe guy, and, and I'm having fun. And, and uh, I enjoy being single right now. But... That, you know, that's it. That's it. That's I don't want to hear your life, my that's man. That's it. What else, I don't want to. You're getting into some other shit. Not really. Just like, wrapping oh, sometimes it up. I'm lonely. I don't Nobody's like a, trying to hear all that other shit. I don't want to sound like a dick, man. I'm no, but I'm like, saying nobody's trying to hear that other shit. Like you, you, you told your part, and then like it's like that's it. All right, close you get it into out like, then. Why oh, don't you well, close sometimes it out? I used to. Nobody wants to get into any of the, the motherfucking details. Now you close it out, bro. All right, the young shooter. The the question is, can a shooter shoot? And the answer today is absolutely, positively yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the Young Shooter, Dean Collins. Where can they find you on? You, you could find me on Instagram. He's the at- guy in the fucking videos with me. Man, you, can I at least, like, can I get... I just let you do a 45-minute fucking monologue. Like, you've been fucking blasting Talenti and haagen and all these, but I can't even put my Instagram out so people can't you DM me. put the Instagram because you're going to put the photo out with her. I already deleted the photo. Oh. But if you want to know the space light, if you want to know what I'm rocking with the space light, if you want to know what I'm rocking with the alcohol, feel free to slide into my DMs. There's nothing wrong with it. You can find me at Dean Collins on Instagram. That's ripping. God bless you. That's ripping. Bless you. I need a tissue.